So without further ado, good morning, Chris. How are you doing, bud? Good morning. Doing well. Exciting day yesterday, but uh, doing well. <laughs> Exciting day, I think, might be an understatement, but yeah, we're going to get into it. I, I got your Twitter here. I'm ready to play some videos. Um, we'll get into that. Um, and then I'm going to say good morning to Drew as well. Good morning, Drew. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Ah, thanks for coming. Uh, we, we had you on for an interview not too long ago. Um, it was a great episode, by the way. People enjoyed that. And the work you're doing is great. I hope that you're, you're gaining more monthly supporters and stuff like that. Um, but my real big thanks to you is um, you're releasing information as you get it. You're releasing a video. We played it yesterday on our stream. Um, you know, there was a large, long video and you, you provide a clip. So thank you for, for doing what I would consider reporting because uh, we need to get all this information out uh, the best we can. Now, I think you just heard what I had to say because I'm being accused of picking sides as a reporter, as a journalist here. Um, do you get the same type of issues? Are, are people accusing you of taking a side when maybe you're not? <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. So we, uh, since our inception, we've been taking flack from the right, taking flack from the left. Uh, what this group of uh, sort of woke veterans we call the Bolshevets, they attack us all the time. And it, it's like I say, you know, people are wasting their time. Like we've had, we have many combat veterans in our organization who have taken incoming enemy fire. Uh, you know, your online Twitter insults are going to have no effect on, on guys like that, it has no effect on a guy like me. Um, so, yeah, we get we get hit up all the time. Uh, when we sort of ousted Marcus Ray last year, we got hit up for that. And we're taking mm -hmm. a lot of flack uh, for what we did here. But, you know, later on in the show, I guess I'll explain uh, from our perspective why we did what we did and our sort of strategy behind it. And hopefully that can provide some clarity to some people. Yeah, for sure. And then, Chris, same thing for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it doesn't seem to matter what I do. Someone attacks me. Um, from, yeah. from this side, from the other side, um, whatever, law enforcement, it doesn't matter. There's always someone that, that seems to have a problem no matter what you say. But, um, I mean, I'm not maybe quite as calm as Drew about it, but uh, I've learned to just let cooler heads prevail. And I don't really engage with most of it. I do my thing. I, I, I tell what I think is the truth. And, uh, and I just leave it at that pretty much. Absolutely. And, and it's weird that uh, you, you're getting flack and uh, you're getting attacked and I'm being accused. Uh, for what? For bringing information out but look this is what we do uh, i don't think we walked into this thinking it would be easy especially you chris you're actually on the street putting yourself very very close to the danger so i appreciate that and then drew thank you so much for using your uh, assets and, and network to to collect the best to your ability the information you have so thank you very much for that uh so chris what i'd like to do is i think i have the hands-on grandmother video queued up here is that a good place yeah. to start yeah, yeah, that was pretty much uh, the first incident, I guess you could call it, of the day. Um, that was in front of the House of Commons. So we came in, uh, there wasn't a large group, like just a few people. We came in on foot and uh, Parliament was in session. So people often protest there. We walked walked over to protest and this was almost immediately upon arriving there. Okay. Hey, 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 just went hands on again. Hey, what is this? You have the right to put your hands on her. I don't want this guy touching me. I'm going to use this guy to me. No, 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 no,
any noise? She didn't make any noise. Hands off. Get your hands off grandmothers, man. You're violating your rights. Come get your for you what? She's done what? You're making noise. Everybody's making noise. You can't give her a ticket. You can't give her a ticket. Remember, we're here peacefully. Come get your ticket. That's interesting. Why are there no female officers here? I have the complaint on you, and I want you to You do. There is no Where's your female officers to deal with the female? Where's your female officers? Oh, Andrew, how you doing? How are you? Have a dull moment. Where's your female officer? That's worth it, I guess, eh? So people have been using megaphones all day, sir. How many have you stopped? How many people have you stopped today for megaphones? People have been using megaphones all day. All right, so was that over her using a megaphone and they tried to give her a ticket? That's what they said. I mean, I didn't hear her using the megaphone at this point. She definitely was using one that day i mean as she does every single time she's in ottawa and and so do people every single day so like every day for the last whatever you want to call it two years people that use megaphones. so this wasn't uh, lady has one right pardon me the tricycle lady has one too right yeah yes exactly you may have seen video of her in front of the courthouse um following chris and tamara just non-stop on her megaphone um that's not unusual um whenever we have counter protesters or uh you know, you get that uh, that union-supported alphabet mafia come down. Like, they, they come down with, with noise, like, you know, uh, electronic whistles, megaphones, every kind of device you can imagine to be as loud as possible. And uh, I've never seen them have a problem like this. Absolutely. Now, now, Drew, as I'm watching this, I'm not seeing why they really are there. Are they trying to provoke people to protect her, get in the way, and maybe commit actual crimes or something? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. I just, that's the first time I've seen that. I know uh, Chris and I were talking a little bit last night. He said the stuff was uh, was happening. Um, I think a lot of people are on edge, including the police. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the interactions with the protesters uh, down there on Wellington, which I guess happens uh, daily or, or on a fairly regular basis. Um, I think you know, the way sort of both sides react, you can see that that relationship is is fractured a bit, uh, I think. And um, I don't think the police are going to be fair to these, uh, to the people down there. Um, and who knows, like I, I said this last night on the podcast is, you know, with the sort of convoy or the protest coming in today or the next couple of weeks or whenever it is, is much like the Public Order Emergency Commission uh you know, when they said that there was only two use of force reports filed for the entire Ottawa sort of take or the takedown of the Ottawa convoy, police know when the their chain of command or, you know, the union or whatever is going to have their back. And, um, you know, who knows if they've been given carte blanche to, to just do things to these these people. And they might be trying to get people to retaliate by doing this and getting people sort of getting together or, or around them and yell at them. 
it is concerning. Um, you know, it, it's a tough situation, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really too bad that we've sort of fallen this far with with our police forces. Yeah, and part of the challenge is what could start off as just a ticket for a megaphone or noise or whatever it is can turn into resisting arrest, assault. It can turn into obstruction of justice, like actual criminal charges in a heartbeat just by, you know, maybe stepping back or something or someone gets involved and step in between. This, to me, feels like provocation to try and get charges immediately. Oh, did we lose it? Did we lose it? Yeah, it looks like we did. How you doing, um, Chris? Yeah, not bad. I mean, I, I, we've we've spoken a little bit about that, but but this bylaw basically. So so he was mentioning like a bylaw type infraction. So this is often a pattern that I've noticed. What will happen was there'll be a complaint. There's never a complainant, but bylaw will come in saying they have a complaint and initiate contact with with whatever protester happens to be there, and Ottawa police are either with them or standing by very close in numbers. So as soon as that initial interaction comes up, and it's normally with, often it's with a woman or someone elderly, or, or it's, you know, kind of somebody that, in my opinion, would, would evoke a response, um, and they're ready to go right away, right away. Right. And um, I'm not sure if you heard in the audio of the, the one we just played, but the woman was, was making a statement that she has an open complaint against one of these officers. Yeah, so she's pointing at that one because I have a complaint on you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the case with many of these officers downtown. They've been down here a long time. Um, like Drew said, we've had interactions with some of these people for a long time and I can see the fatigue in them. I can see the change in the behavior and some of them have just been, it seemed like out to get people from the start. So there's a few things going on, but there's definitely a fatigue there. Absolutely. And I also heard somebody say, where are the female officers? Where, Cause there's no female officer to deal with female people. There, there was also a, a noticeable absence of police liaisons yesterday. So, I mean, normally every day the police liaisons are down there. Um, you know, there's a couple that I've been in contact with regularly when planning events and whatnot, and uh, they were noticeably absent yesterday. And I find that a little, little strange as well. Absolutely, and the targeting, you know, elderly or vulnerable people will automatically trigger a response in people around, especially the males, to protect. I, I think this is a provocation. Um, so, Drew, what you saw there was a bit of a response from the, the, the protesters as well. Uh, do you want to give them any advice on how to de-escalate this and maybe try and, and make, make it so that they don't get what they want, the police, they don't get a response? Yeah, um, the best thing you want to do, uh, and it looks, it looks to me like the police are escalating instead of de-escalating, which is, should, should be what they're uh, what their goal is and their intent is with what they're dealing or when they're dealing with the public. Uh, I think as Chris is right, you know, there's fatigue. These people have been coming down for their jobs every day, dealing with the same people, yelling at them and everything. So something that we learn um, in the military, well, not sorry, in the military, but if you're trained for any sort of specialist uh, unit or whatever I was, we call it, uh, it's called box breathing, but we call it tactical breathing. <clears throat> so basically you if you're going to be in combat, you inhale for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you exhale for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, and it's rinse and repeat. And it really lowers your uh, heart rate and allows you to think uh, rationally. Like there, I think we're going to show the other clip later um, about the guy with the taser. Uh, yeah, that guy wasn't up. breathing. It looks like he was in the in the black there, which means you know they they lose uh, judgment. And that that happens to. Uh, to people who aren't uh, used to it, if they're engaged in any sort of you know use of force, so the best thing is do is to breathe 
remain calm. And I saw someone in the comment there uh, who actually had a good suggestion. Um, if they are doing this and there is a big crowd there, start singing the national anthem. How great would that be? Like, I thought that was a great, uh, a great point. Everyone's there. When you see this, just, just film it. I talked to Chris. I'm like, make sure you zoom in on badge numbers and names and just start singing or, or doing that and showing that it's all peace and love and, and sort of shame them. Uh, or, or, or do that shame chant. Someone get, someone get to bring a bell to the protest, like a uh, thing and go shame, shame, shame and ring the bell. Something like that I think would be good, but. Yeah, I like the national anthem. That's a good one. And ringing the bells, that's a good one, but they'll have an ordinate pretty quick about both of those. You can't sing the anthem. You can't ring a bell. Yeah, they'll be doing that pretty quick. Uh, they'll just call that noise because if it comes out of people they don't like, it's noise. If it comes out of people they like, it's music. Uh, that's how, how they're going to do that. Uh, so, Chris, do you think the crowd responded well? Like, I saw Ron Clark in there saying, hey, we're here peacefully. Let's, let's remember that because you saw the, the emotions yeah. starting to, to rise there. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I know what that's like with the emotions. I'm I'm a pretty emotional guy naturally, and um, I mean through repetition and, and learning, got to do the reps, I guess. At first, I was I was fully triggered when the police would engage me, especially after what happened here in Ottawa and what I witnessed. Um, I don't have that same problem anymore. I do sound pretty fired up in a lot of this, but uh, <laughs> I'm much much better able to control it now. Part of it is is what I I need to do, but. Um, People were generally generally pretty good yesterday. Ron actually did a, a really good job at and George of, of keeping people calm. The messaging was continuous. Um, but some of these people have never been around this, and, and some people are a little more fired up than others. Um, I don't think it was too crazy. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't help when 10 people are screaming over top. I mean, and for a person filming, there's a lot of times where that audio is could be very important, what the police are saying, the interactions between the two people, and often that gets covered over by screaming and yelling and, it gets uh, it gets intense. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, Freedom George will be on tomorrow, so we're we're changing the show up a little bit tomorrow. But Freedom George, eh, he's confirmed he's he's going to be available for tomorrow. Uh, Ron Clark, I believe he he wants to come and chat as well. He may be on tomorrow, and uh, we'll see who else is there. Um, but yeah, look here, to get a ticket, there's no requirement for them to physically hand it to you. All the police have to do is identify you. So if they know who you are, there's been previous tickets. And in this case, she said, hey, I have a complaint against you. So this officer absolutely knows who she is. All they need to do is mail it to you. They don't have to physically serve you on the street with it in order for the ticket to be delivered to you. So that has to, that has to be an extra little step here that they're really just trying to, trying to make an example of or show everybody a little bit of force. Uh, go ahead. They're, they're, uh... Yeah, that's, that's a good point because I've had Ottawa police tell me numerous times when, when mainly with counter protesters, but we've been assaulted numerous occasions by counter protesters. And the statement they always give me is that we have discretion to charge now or later. If you want to charge, go to the station, file, file a, file a statement, but we're not going to do that now because, because it's going to be dangerous or inflame the situation. So they make that choice every day. Yeah. In this case, they make the opposite choice. And I can't help but think that it depends on, on what the political meanings of the people involved are. Because in my experience, it's all these decisions always go one way for us and one way for, for another group. So, Yeah, well, if you're an officer, you went through all of that stuff last year. You were going through this programming. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. They're coming after you. This is what they believed. And this is why I believe they were so strong on their push. And then they spent a year of... Uh, having us yelling at them and mad at them and maybe people filing complaints and stuff like that. Two of them, like Drew was saying, was actually 
filed like uh, too much force or whatever. Um, so they're upset. They're probably still even upset about how embarrassed they are about how they looked last time. So they're just what riled up. And I'm sure this isn't their friendliest group of officers that they have available. Uh, this It looks like they sent out some aggressive people and diverse too. So I think they're looking for a Ron Clark punch or they're looking for somebody to tackle an officer and then snap that picture and get it out there. I think that's what they're doing here. But that's my speculation. Now, Chris, over the last, say, month or so, there's been protesters in the front there. Have you seen the police do this to any of them, even if they were on our side protesting? No, not. I mean, there are the odd incidents. Normally, the incidents with people lately downtown are more more local people with kind of mental health issues. There's been a couple of arrests like that. But um, stuff like this is rare. It happens when, when special events or when there's something going on. And... Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems to be a message. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. So it looks like it's been accelerated in the last yeah. week yeah. or so. So um, the, the police presence has definitely amped up. There's always a police presence downtown Ottawa, but PPS has more, more officers visible. There's now police units on every corner downtown. There's motorcycle stationed. There's, uh, you know, inconspicuous vans parked on the side roads. So there has been a very noticeable increase in police presence. Um, and then there's also been a huge bylaw presence, which normally isn't there. So that's really ramped up in the last week, but we didn't have a single issue until yesterday. Okay. And then Drew, you can probably understand why they've ramped it up because of the information they've had so far. Yeah, I can understand. I, I just want to throw one thing uh, out there. You know, we, we've dealt with the Ottawa police uh, for uh, Rolling Thunder, which is a very successful event, Operation Top Cover, uh, for James Top's arrival to tomb, very successful event. Um, and, and just just the PLT capacity, you know, safety, routes, blocking off roads, that sort of thing. And you always hear, you know, we got to practice what we preach. And I know, you know, everyone sort of says, you know, we need to uh, bring people together, get everyone on our side and that sort of thing, including the police and, and that sort of stuff. Now, last year I did a video sort of, it was called Canada Divided. I think it got a couple hundred thousand views across all of our platforms. We used a whiteboard and I laid out, you know, the battlefield, you know, you have your sort of patriotic freedom loving people, which might make up five or 10%. And then you have the complete, you know, subverted brainwashed woke left that makes up a percentage. And then you have this large group of people in the middle. Okay. Like 60, 70% of the mm -hmm. country. And we said back then, it's like, look, we're not going to win. If, if you engage with the, the woke, brainwash people you have you're not going to win you're not going to convince them uh because they're completely brainwashed we need to wake up and i said this at a speech actually i just did at the one million march for children and barry we need to wake up the middle you know 50 60 percent which includes police officers okay so when you when you get there and you're yelling at police officers and stuff you're not winning them over right, right. I, I me yeah. me my my previous career I was involved in tactical maritime tactical operator boarding operations. We get over, take over other ships, and then we engage with the masters of the ship to try and get information and that sort of thing. Uh, we kill them with kindness. We get over there, oh, and we say all this stuff. Meanwhile, we're like listening, you know, try to get some stuff, uh, information from them. But you have to win the hearts and minds of those people, including the police officers, right? You 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 have to do that. So when you are yelling at them or, you know, you know, and I know you want to because you don't like them or they're being, you know, treated, treating people unfairly, you still need to win those people over uh, to your side. And when you're yelling at them or screaming at them and, and think you're, you're not winning them over. And on top of that, 
when we need to wake up that middle 60 or 70 percent of the country and they see that footage which gets broadcast on the mainstream media all they're thinking is like look at these crazy people uh, we're mm -hmm. not, not going to have anything to do with them so if you look at the big picture um, you need to remember that because these people look at what's happening here and all these people yelling and all the stuff that happened at that camp there and they're like, look at all these crazy nut jobs. We want nothing to do with them. So in the grand scheme of things, the way we approach things, it's about achieving the mission, achieving the end state. And um, stuff like this, unfortunately, uh, doesn't doesn't help us with uh, with achieving the mission. Absolutely, because I've never seen once in my entire life Somebody yell at an officer saying, you don't have the right to do that. And he goes, oh, you're correct. Thank you. Have a nice day. That doesn't happen. Okay. So I agree with you. I think maybe this, this conversation actually is, is moot. It's benign. It's not going to do anything. Um, so maybe the advice to the protesters at this stage is say thank you and take the ticket. Because what's the point of running away, walking away, and having them chase you and have that video? Just take the <laughs> ticket if that's and, what they're going to do. And on top of that, if you have a good rapport with them and you're talking with them, engaging them, having a conversation and, and that sort of thing, um, they, when you when you have some sort of interaction with them, they might be less less likely to charge you or give you a ticket or arrest you or that sort of thing. You you got to kill them with kindness. And I know it's hard. And you got to swallow your pride and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. But that's what you got to do. Like, I'll, I'll give an example is, you know, we did... Uh, a special intelligence summary we did last year about the status of police forces in terms of recruiting, uh, retention, uh, people uh, help being healthy and that sort of thing, is because we sort of maintain this inroads with this this certain individual uh, there who uh, re had reached out to us who had concerns about some of his colleagues being injured by the vaccine, we put together, you know, we didn't attack them, oh yeah, police, this, whatever. We put together a package of some, you know, information about the vaccine and some of the doctor's clips and we sent it to them and it was like hey take this there's no logo on or whatever mm -hmm. print it off and pass it around your police department so you're you know you're you're people who are injured with pericarditis and there's another one with blood clots so they can see what's happening so you know that's the sort of stuff you have to do just have civil conversations with them they're still human beings they're going to react with uh, uh with emotion unfortunately in use of force situations but again kill them with kindness uh, be calm, maintain your composure. And that's how, in, in my opinion, we went over the sort of the middle people and, and over the police and, and the rest of the emergency services. No, I like that. And if that is what they're doing, agitators will stand out like a sore thumb because they're not doing yeah. that. So you'll see immediately like who is not part of the program here because they're the ones that are in engaging and yelling. Um, so the first one we saw here, Chris, was a ticket. Now it looks like there's an arrest. Do you want to set up this video? Uh, which which one do you have next? So, okay, yeah. So there was uh, Patty who didn't, she didn't actually end up getting fined there. She may have later. So right after that, there was a $1,000 ticket given out to Brian Dirksen. Um, he took his ticket and there was no major issue. So like you say, sometimes take the ticket and and at least you got a way to fight in my experience almost everyone beats those tickets almost yeah. everyone so it's and then they don't have to deal with the criminal charges that, that get piled on after but uh right. so okay so this is uh yeah this is the first arrest so this is now down after that big incident um ron me and a couple of people like that was still kind of going on we just decided to start walking we told everybody to come with us so we basically all disengaged and went up towards parliament hill um we were across over across from the king's gate 
Um, and so there's there's a woman here. You'll notice again one of the small women present. Um, please. No, that's not me this time. So small woman present and the police. We'll go ahead and start the video. I'm sure Chris will be back shortly. That's that's exactly what I'm worried about right there. What the hell? Same two officers. Same two, okay. No danger You're starting on the wrong Ses mains sur une police, elle n'a pas frappé personne, elle n'a pas touché personne. Un micro, une voix, c'est une menace. C'est pas normal, ça. Qui va blague, les C'est pas fort. It's not a good idea what you're doing. You're screwing up a lot of things by doing this. We'll see you soon. Some of that rhetoric I, I don't like hearing. Just just yeah. to be clear, some of that rhetoric from from the protesters I don't like hearing. 
there was something about we're going to have a big meeting tomorrow. You wait, something. Don't do that, folks. <laughs> don't do that, folks. Uh, don't do the rhetoric. Okay. And rhetoric is stuff that isn't even true. Like, I'm going to sue you. Like, don't do that. Like, what's the point? Um, I would like, actually prefer to see Chris and, and tell me if uh, I'm wrong here. Peaceful people, maybe the anthem, they come and pick one person out, arrest them, take them away. I think that video is far more powerful than kerfuffles like this. Now, all I heard was, what is your name? She said no. And then they grabbed her and started to arrest her. What preceded that and what was the charge on her do you know yeah so so i mean there was quite a few people gathering around there was people on microphones and megaphones prior to that um i guess she was unfortunate enough to be holding the microphone <laughs> they came in. um they, they came in they, they didn't say a word to her they, they grabbed her they or they told they demanded her name i guess is all they yeah, said that's all I heard. Um, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't they didn't tell her why or what she had done and then they immediately grabbed her um, she ended up getting charged with uh, obstruct, obstruct a peace officer and disturbing the peace. Yeah. Yeah. So disturbing and, the peace. Uh, Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So as, as they were arresting her, I, I mean, I, I was with her after when she got released. Um, as they were pulling her away, they were they were basically telling her, one of the officers told her, just just come with me. We'll put you in the car and we'll let you go down the street. And uh, and then one of the other, there's the two sergeants, I believe, they're both sergeants that were involved before. The other one said, no, we're charging her. So they threw her in the car, took her down the street, but they basically did that in the street. They took her down to Elgin, um, booked her, and just cut her loose in the street. Yeah, and that's what they're going to be doing, kind of like how they ended the protest, is they picked people up, took them away, oh. dropped them off. Yeah. I think that's One other thing that. there is is they also banned her. from, or So 500 meters from the area that, that occurred, they told her she's forbidden from going back there, which takes away her right to protest also, right? If she can't go to the hill, then she's no longer allowed to protest. So I don't know the legalities of that, but that seems all very bizarre to me. To pick people up randomly out of a crowd, charge them with some some stuff, and then ban them from protesting. Yes, I think they're banning them from the area, and I think they did a special block around uh, after the convoy last year, I believe. The red zone. zone. Right, and inside of that red zone, there's these special rules that the tyrants gave themselves. So be very, very cautious about showing back up, because... This is the progression. First, it's a ticket. Then it's a little bit of a an arrest where they let you go. And then it's jail. Like the next person, like if she comes back, they're looking to put her in jail. Um, yeah. My goodness. When she was trying to walk back to meet us, she's like, she's not from Ottawa. She doesn't know the area. So they cut her loose down on Elgin uh, by the police station or whatever. And she was trying to walk back so she could meet us. And she got to a cross street, I guess. And police were already watching her. And they yelled out to her, like yelled at her by name and said, don't go past that street. You know, so they were already watching. Like, if you go in there, yeah, that could be trouble. We know people who, who've come back to Ottawa after being told not to for certain areas, and, and they're still facing the legal ramifications from that. Not that those are okay necessarily, but you know, people still facing charges for such things. Yeah, this is like bail conditions. When they put them on you, that is what triggers arrest and jail later as well. So everybody, just please just, I know you're going to be frustrated, but if you get banned, please stay away. I, I, we don't want to have to get you out of the jail. Uh, Drew, and you saw this encounter too. Uh, too much force, right amount of force. Uh, what do you see here? Okay, so it's really hard to say. Uh, <clears throat> I've I've been through hours and hours of use of force, mo mostly in, in a warfare environment, seeing people get killed and, and that sort of awful stuff. Um, but it, it's hard to say. You need to have full context uh, of what's happening there. There's a lot of, you know, 
stuff that happens before, stuff that happens after, so to, to, to pass judgment on these people. Also, <clears throat> I'm probably not the best guy to ask for that because what I did in my previous career is different from you know police people. Like it'd be great to, to ask those questions of police on guard, but I'll, I'll just give you an example of something sort of in recent history. <clears throat> I don't know, I think it might've been last year, or the year before, uh, there was you know TTC special constables who grabbed a guy uh, who was sitting you know quietly on the um, uh, on the uh, subway or on a on a bus and they grabbed him and they were fighting him pulling him and then sure enough they come out and the media is like oh look how bad these guys are look what they've done uh, you know the special constables are so bad and you know they're using more force than the necessary then i talked to a friend of mine who was actually on duty and is one of those guys and he said a minute before they did that that guy was had his pants down exposing himself to to minors so you know they just take, they'll take one clip and say oh it's use it's too much use of force or whatever but then they don't have full context of the uh of the situation so really i'm not i i'm not the expert when it comes to like bylaw infractions or or the police and, and how, how they uh uh, can react to that sort of thing. So uh, I'm probably not the best guy to. Chris, Chris probably knows more about that. He always, uh, when something happens, he just pulls out the, the bylaw just uh, right from the top of his head and spits it at them. So <laughs> no, that's cool, cool. And then the, what I'll do is I'll, so, I'll rephrase that question yeah. about at the beginning of this. We saw what's your name, and she said no along those lines. Then they grabbed her, and then a gentleman jumped in instinctively, almost jumped in yeah. a bit, and then he got right to the ground. And then he had his hands around his head. You can see the adrenaline was going. He was shaking a bit. It wasn't fear. That was adrenaline. Um, that's that's the response, I think, that they're trying to provoke when they're going after the ladies with the megaphones and stuff like that. They're trying to get some guy roughed up. And they came close there. They came close there. Um, so what would you be your advice to anybody that's watching this? Uh, don't get involved. Well, I would say you're not going to win. When you interact, I would, I, my recommendation would be to completely limit your interactions with the police as best you can. You know, uh, we know from voting, most of these uh, in the, in the cities, you know, the, it's the liberals and the NDP who win in, mm -hmm. in those cities. Those cops live in, live in those cities. I don't think they're on your side. And I think they will have a bias when they interact with, you know, the so-called ultra far right or whatever they're, they're calling us now. Um, and you are literally not going to win against these guys. I know it's sort of frustrating. You want to step in and, and do something or whatever. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you're in a, you're, you're in a lose, lose situation, right? You're lose if you don't do anything and you're lose if you do something, but all it takes is, you know, you to do something and then they bring in more police and then they arrest people. And then you have to defend yourself in court and it's more money over something that could potentially just be uh, completely avoided. Right. So, I like me personally, I would just completely try to, to minimize or eliminate any interactions with uh, with police um, because you're just not unfortunately, you're just gonna, not going to you're not going to win. And if you have these complaints and everything that you file, are they really going to go anywhere, especially mm -hmm. if the chain of command and the police uh, you know, union or whatever it is already doesn't like you guys, they're not going to rule in in your favor. So. That'd be my recommendation, but uh, you know, like I said, I'm not the expert when it comes to uh, to this sort of thing. And yeah, there's that comment there, the provocateurs. Yeah, so this this is just something to be concerned about. I know we'll talk about sort of the the convoy later on, but you know, I know a lot of these people recognize and know each other, 
but be wary of provocateurs, right? Like all it takes is, you know, a couple of people to get the crowd uh, ramped up on purpose. And then all of a sudden you have a full fledged fight on your hands. So um, just be very wary of that. And I don't think uh, the police are on the side of these protesters in, in my personal opinion. Absolutely. And uh, because everybody seems to know each other, one thing that might be effective is, look, I'm just going to call it what it is, some psychological warfare. If you know the officer's name, just suggesting, uh, read out loud his oath to him. Get the Ottawa police officer's oath and replace I with his name. So Officer Smith uh, pledges an oath and, and read the oath out. He knows what the oath is and just repeat it. Repeat it, repeat it. That might help. That might help. That might help at least get into their minds because they know what their oath is. Uh, so Chris, now we're going to get to the taser one, but before you do that, do you want to comment on that last one? Um, yeah, I mean, a bit, a bit to Drew's point. Like, I, it's weird for me to tell people not to do what I do, but, but for the most part, I think, I think it's not a good idea to go rushing into these situations, whether you're involved or not. Um, it's definitely not really helpful to have at all helpful to have everyone yelling, right? It puts the officers who are already fairly emotional, they're, they're engaged with someone. And then there's a, a large group surrounds them. They're screaming and yelling. It just makes for a chaotic situation that's nearly impossible to control. And, and like you saw with, um, with, the, with the gentleman that got taken down, um, he reacted instinctively to, mm -hmm. to what he perceived to be an attack on a woman. And, uh, and he was taken down hard and, and he was banged up afterwards. He was bleeding from, from his head and from, from his knees afterwards. And he was shook. Um, and that can happen in an instant and it can go very, very wrong. Um, when emotions are high, it's, it's hard to make decisions. You're not thinking clearly. Um, a lot of stuff can go wrong. So that's just something to keep in mind before rushing, you know, camera first into these situations. Um, took me a long time to be able to do this somewhat calmly and I'm not even completely there yet. So just something to keep in mind, I guess. Well, keep up on that path because you're capturing great, great, uh, evidence here. And then on that <laughs> note as well, evidence, um, the yelling actually spoils the evidence we actually want to hear what the officers are saying we want to hear what the person arresting is saying the crowd is really drowning out the audible evidence that's available there so it would actually be helpful if everybody was quiet so we can hear what the yeah. officer is saying what's the allegation what's the response from the person being charged or, or arrested or touched we actually want to hear that interaction so it would be beneficial later if this becomes evidence to actually hear what's being said so the, the yelling actually will drown out some of that. So as, as an evidence standpoint, it would be helpful if, if there was a little bit of more silence. Um, and then maybe calm the situation down with the same silence. So I'm just going to put that out there because later when we are examining this for charges, criminal, civil matters, whatever it ends up being, hearing what the officers are saying is going to be important. Um, so yeah, if we can capture them and not so much the crowd, that'd be great. Um, so I'm going to get you to set up this taser video. Uh, what happened here? Yeah. Okay. So um, at the time, I didn't have as much much information. So this uh, this gentleman that, that gets tased is uh, he's a local from Ottawa. He's on the hill almost every day and has been for a very very long time. So um, I mean, he's known to us. He's not somebody that's come in um, randomly or with with the new groups. He uh, he was walking across this this, this crosswalk here. Um, from what I understand later from from witnesses, he may have uh, honked a horn one time. So there's an, an air horn of some sort before he went into the sidewalk. He may have honked a horn and he kind of slipped on this on this sidewalk. And, and I mean, the police went straight in. They didn't talk to him. They gave no commands and they went, they grabbed him then and took him down basically. And then, oh, well, it so jumps he on here. To, he went to the ground on his own is what you're saying there. 
And no, no, he kind of slipped, and the police grabbed him. At, like, like I don't know if he slipped for sure. It looked looked to me like he may have slipped, but the police went straight hands on him. I didn't hear any, like nobody that I know heard any commands. Um, but he did honk, he did honk a horn. So perhaps he violated a noise bylaw. Was um, he in the crowd, really or was he by himself? Um, he was. So I guess I mean there would have been a crowd on both sides of the sidewalk here. This is the middle of the street on Wellington, going to Parliament Hill. So he would have been crossing the street towards Parliament Hill. Um, there wasn't a huge crowd. I mean, there might have been 50 people. Yeah, what I'm wondering is, like, was he in the middle of a crowd and he was being noise, or is he making his way Yeah, so, so he honked. From from what I can understand, the only thing he may have done is honked this air horn before he crossed the street. He's not holding it now. He picked it up, honked it, and, and went across the street. And, and I don't know because I didn't see that myself, but that's from what I've been told. Right, and what I'm getting at is they picked a vulnerable person. He was not in a crowd. He was yeah. kind of on his own, moving from one place to another, and then they pounced on him. Yeah, in the middle of the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. creating a dangerous situation too. Do not do that. You're He's on I hope he does because I'll sue the balls off of him. I will sue the balls off of you. This is forceful, man. Man, you control him. He's just being brutal. He's just being, he has no balls. You, yeah, you're lucky you didn't chase me, bud. You're so lucky you didn't save me. Yeah. Big Bam on campus. Oh. Well, that's karma. That's karma. So there's going to be a second. He didn't do anything, man. He didn't do anything, man. He didn't do anything, man. Yeah. He didn't. Do hey, guys, come on. Don't touch them. Come on. All right, we're asking politely. I will politely go, but please don't, please don't get brutal, please. Come on, they were peaceful. Everybody back up. Everybody back up. Don't hit me. No, don't hit him, sir. Just back up. You back up, sir. Okay, let's save He's yourself. He's not allowed to He's touch you, but I don't want you to get hurt, baby. Okay? I know. I know. I know. But they don't care. They'll hurt you. They'll hurt you, babe. Hey, you fell on your own ass, and then you tried to hit him. I'm not your fucking friend. You know what? He's done enough. I don't know why you're shouting. God is watching you. God is watching you. God is watching you. God is watching you. I will pray for your souls. Do not say a word. Don't say a word, dear. 
God is watching you. Don't you worry. God is watching. Your spirits will not be saved. God is watching you. God is watching you. You're not listening to my commands. You're just an agent. You're not no commander. You're no fucking commander. You're not commanding. He's not on the road. They're not on the road. God is watching you. Yeah, I can't wait to see you in front of God. And your kids. You must be ashamed of yourself. Shameful. I would hate to have you as parents. I, I'm, I'm being calm, sir, but I'm just making sure that I can record so that my people are safe. Are you under, you know, understand? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I, and we, we will. Okay. You, know, you can stand right. You know what? I have no problems with cops. You guys are here to protect us, right? You're here to protect us, right? Yes, can we have your back number? What did you do to help? You didn't do anything. You're right, fucking You said you were the commander. Of course it would be you two. Fuck. Fuck no. Fuck no. My gosh. Okay, there's a few things wrong with that one for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just want to comment a couple things quickly. There was a discharged taser at the beginning. It was discharged. You can see the wires. Um, so there's two types of tasers. There's the one that will shoot at you and zap you, and then there's a close contact one. And sometimes they're both on the same taser so you can have both options there's two two triggers basically he discharged that one you can see the wires coming out of it and then he's pointing it like a gun to people around him there is no effect like it's not going to discharge a second time he has to change the cartridge for that but you can tell in his mind that he thinks his weapon is his extension of his uh, command because he's actually waving a benign weapon at somebody as if it's going to cause harm there's something wrong with the, the training here is what I'm trying to get at. The, these are not things you're supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to be pointing tasers at people. Uh, you're only supposed to point them at, at, a, at a threat, an intimate threat, by the way, I believe is the way it's written. Um, so I'm seeing way, way over force or overuse of force here. So Chris, can you want to go ahead and break that down a little bit more? And then I'll go to Drew as well about what you saw in that video. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing initially, too. I mean, you can see the, the wires from the prongs. And, and, I mean, brandishing a weapon, whether it's a taser, I mean, thank goodness it wasn't a service weapon. But, I mean, that's a less than lethal weapon, right? Like, people can be killed. And that man has had two heart attacks prior, to, you know, in his history. Um, with those prongs still in him, I don't know what would happen if that officer kept pulling the trigger. Would he have continuously shocked the man on the ground? Like, to me, it looked no. like he had lost completely complete so it couldn't have fired anymore i know it was beeping maybe that means the charge is dead because there's a, an yeah. audible sound it was making but but to me it just looked like complete loss of control on that officer's part yeah i know they have to replace a cartridge because there's a cartridge that goes in there that lets them shoot another one <clears throat> and that beeping could be because he's trying to pull it and it's telling them there's no cartridge or something who knows but close contact it will still work now i see a picture here of the uh 
I'll just put this on the screen quickly and then we'll go to Drew. Or Drew, you can feel free to start talking over this picture. But you can see, yeah, they had the close contact on as well. So they zapped him with the close contact and his shoulder. So he went down hard on that shoulder to cause that kind of bruising. And that's pretty quick bruising. So that's some pretty deep bruising. My goodness. Um, Drew, what's your comment on that video? Yeah, that's very, very tough to watch uh, for the guy. Uh, and, and like I said, the police... When they use when they use force like that, they get their heart rates up and that sort of thing, and they're fighting and wrestling with the uh, guy and pointing his taser at, just trying to keep people away from them and that sort of thing. He felt like he was in a you know a threat environment where he felt the need to do that. You know the uh, these interactions with the police are not good, um, mm. and you know as these guys are on edge, they're ramped up. They don't like you. These police officers, in my opinion, they don't like you. They don't like us, um, especially the city cops. I have great. I have a relationship with a guy out in the, where I am in a rural area, and he's fine. He's on our side. But these city cops aren't going to do you any favors. Uh, you got to limit your interactions with them, because, like Chris said, okay, that's a taser right now. The guy's on edge. He's all worked and up. He could pull his gun, right? And then then something happens, and then what? And everyone like. This escalation there, and and I'm not saying it's on the side of the protesters. I, I don't think it is. It's on the side of uh, the police, uh, but I, I don't think these guys are on your side. And um, it's unfortunate to see that. And by yelling at them and calling them effing pigs and and all the other stuff that was said there, they're going to continue not to be to not be on your side, and they're going to continue to just get uh, enjoyment out of beating you down and and clamping down on on people. So uh, it's it's unfortunate that sort of situation happens and it's going to keep going and going and going and escalating and hopefully it doesn't lead to someone getting killed by one of these police officers. Yeah, and uh, somebody put in the comments there, maybe we should tape our mouth shut. I'm actually thinking that's not a bad idea. If it said like Trudeau silenced me or Trudeau silence or something like that, that's part of a protest. Uh, in Japan, I, their protest was blank white papers, right? They just held blank white papers because that's how they protest and that was effective. So maybe something along the lines of I've been silenced by Trudeau or Trudeau's silence tape or something along those lines would send a message and also calm or calm that situation down a bit. Now, Chris, what I also saw there was the, <clears throat> the man in cuffs. I, I'm sorry, I don't have his name. I think I just had it here a second ago. Uh, what was the gentleman's name? Uh, Billy, right. Billy Dalton. Okay, so Billy slipped in the middle of the sidewalk and an officer fell down with him. So I guess there's proximity assault charges now for somebody in the crowd because they pulled somebody Yeah, out. so, yeah, did you notice after the after Billy and the officer went down, there was a guy that was close to that. And the officer that fell, he was, in, I don't know if he was, thought the guy hit him or not or he was embarrassed, but immediately they went after a guy that just happened to be in proximity and he did end up getting arrested as well. Like a cop started shoving him around, and what well, he had nothing to do with that police officer falling down. He was on, you know, that side, man. That paint can be pretty slippery, actually. I've almost gone, gone, gone down on some of that paint before. Um, but it had nothing to do with the with the second guy that got arrested. He just happened to be nearby, and a cop started shoving him, and uh, and then you know, all of a sudden, he's in handcuffs. Yeah, and unfortunately for him, on the video, you see him swiping the officer's arm away. Yeah. That's going yeah, to be, yeah. The, the that's officer be, initiated that's, contact, but yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the only thing they replay in court if this goes to court. It's just going to be showing those five frames of him swiping the arm, and that's going to be considered battery. Um, 
or, or obstruction or resistance. And that's exactly how they're going to frame that. Um, and then Drew, the second part of this video was somebody fell down or the officer fell down and then boom, they picked somebody out of the crowd. Who knows if you said, ha ha, karma, good for you, made some sort of comment. But yeah, they went and grabbed him and there's an arrest now. Sorry, the question is... Yeah, that, that was there. crazy. You just picked some mm -hmm. random... No, no, I don't think any of this stuff is uh, is fair. Um, that was crazy. I just went out and grabbed some, some guy and he might have had a bone to pick with that guy. Listen, I don't think these police are going to be facing any repercussions from what they're doing, just like what happened in Ottawa with the trucker convoy. Um, yep. They're just going to go do their thing and feel that they're going to do what they think is best. And I think they know that they're going to have protection. And, uh, you know, that, that's really bad. It's just it's awful. And like I said, I, I think you're in a losing situation with interacting with the police. And yeah, that's like what Ken Archer said there. They're, if they ha don't have consequences, then they feel emboldened to do this sort of thing. And they're probably getting so many complaints at police headquarters and they're like, oh, we're going to take care of it in a, in a couple of years or, or whatever. And these police are going to continue to do what they do. So I wouldn't trust them. And uh, like I said, I would I would say I would limit my interaction uh, with them as, as much as possible. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. And it's clear that you're not on on the side. Um, I just, just want to say a couple other things. There's a lady here who's like talking a lot of trash about us, Nancy May Antrim. Hey, I just sent you a message on Twitter with all the stuff that, or sorry, on uh, Facebook Messenger with all the stuff that you're claiming to say. Um, you said that you've talked to the founder of B4F and they've distanced us. I'm the founder of V4F and I've never talked to you. And if you want to come on our podcast and, and talk to us, by all means, we will have a conversation with you because a lot of the stuff you're saying there is not true. Um, so come talk to us or pretty much shut up. Um, um, the other thing I just want to mention is, uh, uh, you know, the silent march is actually a very good idea. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but historically, um, historically, the, uh, uh, I can't remember the episode, but anyways, there was these silent vigils and marches they were using where they didn't say a word and it was actually very effective. And I think mm -hmm. that's a good idea. The guy who said, uh, put the, the duct tape over, uh, their mouths. Um, that's an excellent idea. Silent vigil is very so. powerful. Um, so if you could sort of coordinate something like that, I think that's a, that's a great, uh, great idea. Yeah. It reminds everybody what they're great really idea. there for. You're there for awareness and presence. Your voice is not going to change anything, but your presence and your awareness will, and then the peaceful protests will. So maybe that is an idea. Uh, Dr. Shoemaker, I'm sure you can get that medical tape. So it's not ripping people's hair out and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that maybe if we have video that goes global, of somebody has a taped mouth being dragged off the street in handcuffs and tased, that that is the imagery I think that will be helpful because this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to get imagery that they're going to plaster all over CBC that will be helpful to them. Um, and then maybe a, here's a little idea. Let's have five eyes, our own five eyes. So at least five people at any time is recording. At least five people, could be more, but at least five different angles of the situation will be very helpful in court and for evidence later. So maybe we can just let them know we have five eyes on you as well. Um, do what you're going to do, but we got five eyes on you, at least five eyes on you. Because um, getting those different angles. And I got that idea because there's one guy who was filming and the officer says, you're not listening to my command, get off the street. But we also had an angle of him being filmed as well, which is helpful. 
because that shows more context that his video won't show because he has just a close-up of the police officer. But when in court, the officer is going to say, he was in the middle of the street and he wasn't moving. Well, now we have another angle of him backing away, making his way to the sidewalk. So I think the more angles, the more uh, video that we have, the better. And the more silence we have, the better. Because I, I really want to hear what these officers are saying. Because you don't have the right to command. You can give a lawful order, and it's against the law to refuse or disobey a lawful order. Lawful orders is the operative words here. Uh, but there's no such thing as commands. Um, so I'd like to see more of this captured for more angles as well. Uh, Chris, do you think you can get those kind of messages yeah. out? Maybe we should talk about taping our mouths yeah. shut as part of the protest uh... and, and capture as much as we can. Yeah, it's definitely something that we've discussed before. And there's been a couple that we did that were like walks and things that, that were pretty silent or just uh, just with, you know, it's like certain simple signs. No, no, nothing too controversial, maybe a question or a website and people just walk. Right. So when this crowd of people comes by, they see a sign or whatever. It can lead them to somewhere. It can lead them to questions. Um, I find that, that that's a good way to engage people and also not piss off the whole area. You know, there's a lot of people that that they see uh, a a Canadian flag walk down the street and they're triggered by it mm -hmm. for, for all, all manner of reasons. Right. I don't think that that's a great thing, obviously, but we got to keep that in mind. And uh, like Drew was mentioning earlier, it's that 60 to 70% of people who aren't really engaged in all this stuff to a huge degree that we need to reach. So if we're a massive group of people, I want to say mob, a big group of people walking down the street, screaming and honking, there's, that's going to turn some people off for sure. But if we're quiet, that can make a big difference. Um, as far as the filming goes, I think that is important. There was uh, Rolling Thunder. There was a guy that came the second day, and the whole day he filmed me, like like 10, 15 feet away minimum. And we got a lot of good footage of that, that that I wouldn't have been able to capture right up front. So having a few multiple angles and people who are, are good at, at kind of filling that role would, would definitely be helpful. Often when you're the first person in, the camera gives a distorted view, like uh, it's kind of a, a wide angle. So you don't get a good view of distance. It often looks like you're closer than you are. You know, like you say, officer might say, get off the street. You know, there's been times they told me to do things. I'm standing right on the street and I'll pan down to my feet to show it. But they're giving me commands like I'm doing something I'm not. And that's that's not uncommon either. So to have that video is very helpful. Yeah, for sure. And I think a whole bunch of things would be very helpful. If it's quiet, we got multiple angles and we're seeing police brutality playing that and by the way any videos that you capture chris either when you're on or not send them to me and I'll, i will play them because we got to get them out there and I'll, I'll call out to all we're not calling ourselves podcasters anymore we're, we're lullabyers uh because podcasters might be something that gets shut down soon so we're, we're telling lullabies um so we'll get this out there as lullabyers and let people understand and see it uh because at any moment podcasters are going to get shut down especially if this thing gets yeah. uh effective and it's effective getting this out Maybe I'll just touch too on that on that silence thing because the, the interactions and what the police are saying are hugely important. There's times where I do get some of it, but there's a lot of times where most of it is missed. And and those interactions and, and how those police approach it, the things that they say, they do really matter, right? So that that close up interaction and being able to get that audio is so important. And there's a lot of times that we miss out on that, and it uh, could be beneficial to the people that are being accused of crimes here because there's a lot of stuff said there that that maybe would would. You have to kind of hear it to know, but there's there's times where it's just unbelievable conversation back and forth. Absolutely. And that's what I think should be captured so that it can be witnessed so we can play it later and listen to it and actually pay attention to what they're trying to say there. And that's what the lawyers are going to want. And that's what the judges will want in the future, too. So, yeah, multiple angles. And one of the more difficult things when you're arguing evidence in court is when it starts, because the question is, well, what happened right before that? 
Like, for example, this video started and the guy's already in the street. We didn't get to see the actual encounter, what he's doing on the street. It's helpful to get more context. And a lot of people, they'll whip their phone out and start recording when the incident starts. That's helpful. That's helpful. What's also helpful is the five minutes before that, too. Um, So if there's some people that are dedicated to filming, like, everything, get a big battery pack, get a bunch of them, and try to film everything, the peaceful stuff and the non-peaceful stuff. This will be beneficial later if charges against the police or charges against a protester are being argued in court. This will be helpful. This will be helpful. Um, do you have other videos, or that was the last main video of this day, uh, or did I? Miss yeah, that's one? yeah, that's the, that's all of the the ones like of actual video. Yeah, we did a few breaking it down and stuff, but yeah. Okay, now if you don't mind, guys, what I might do here is we'll change the conversation into the new convoy because this is something that's also important. Um, the support that they're getting, the messaging coming out, the new messaging coming out, some concerns we have. And then, Drew, you have a video. Uh, what I'll do is, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk a bit about that clip video that you made, and I'll go get it ready to be pulled up, and we'll go ahead and play it for this audience this morning. Okay, so, yeah, we this was sort of put on our radar when the police called us uh, about a couple months ago. Wasn't even tracking it, wasn't aware of it, said it had, had nothing to do with it. Anything that has to do with V4F, it either has our logo on it and it's published on our uh, on our social media, right? So we always get accusations. People say, oh, you're involved with this, you're doing this. It's like, if it's not on our social media, it has nothing to do with us. Um, so basically uh, what they have with this sort of convoy and, um, you know, it sort of got closer and it was happening and um i know people think we have like some like massive spy network across the country and they call this control opposition and all this stuff it's it's pretty laughable like we all have lies and volunteers and families and and dogs and that sort of thing so it's not i hate to burst your conspiracy bubble it's just not the travel case. agent like me finding the best deal some, is never uh, easier we, we do some writing and um so and, and some guys who look into stuff. We have some guys who are private investigators, like post-military life, where they'll be sitting on uh, one of the cases that they're working on, and they'll just you know do some research and, and that sort of thing while they're sitting there waiting for whoever they're uh, looking for. So anyways, uh, but we had some, some concerning stuff uh, sent to us initially, um, and we were like, uh-oh, this, this doesn't sound good. This sounds like a, sort of Marcus Ray entrap the police flags of parlay armed constitutional sheriffs uh and that sort of thing so we were uh we were just a little bit concerned about people's safety um so we sort of come up with like a five uh sort of step strategy we put out a post about um uh, violence against the police we put that on our social media just recommending like look you're not going to win against a modernized police force unfortunately and you're going to end up in jail type thing um, and don't give the authorities any excuse to clamp down on you, your family, or us, or anything even even further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we followed up with a, a meme that one of our guys did, the CSIS meme, uh, where he was like a CSIS stick man. And he has Canadian citizens, and he's uh, pushing us, pushing Canadian citizens to do a terrorism. That was mm-hmm. the second thing. Uh, we then put out a YouTube video uh, from W5 about a man named Grant Bristow in the Heritage Front that's from the 90s, who was a CSIS operative, uh, who was basically the leader of this Nazi slash neo-Nazi group, um, who sort of led all these people into into some serious trouble. Uh, Then we put out a statement um, uh, with us and police on guard uh, 
about this convoy based on some of the stuff that was uh, sent to us and what we had. And we're just saying, look, uh, we're not affiliated with this. We, we have reason to believe that it could be violent. And um, yes, I understand is we're in a, a very, we're not, we're in a very unique, unique situation. We're an organization that has over 3,100 veterans in Canada. Um, if the government could turn around and call us a terrorist group or a militia, it would be a massive trophy for them. Mm -hmm. We already know that uh, they're looking at us. It started back in May of 2022, two months after we formed. They got a Mossad-backed uh, U.S.-based government think tank called uh, the Memory, the Middle Eastern Media Research Institute, to write a report on us, calling us all terrorists and all this other nonsense um, because they would love narrative. Sorry, I don't know where I got cut off. No, no, I, I think I got cut off a little bit there, but uh, the narrative oh, okay. is left heard. Yeah, so the IMV narrative. We know that IMV, ideologically motivated violent is extremism, is what the government's looking for. Um, mm -hmm. They want to take peaceful Canadian citizens and, and, and run with the IMV narrative. So we got to be super careful. So we had to disassociate from this because we uh, we had information and recordings and stuff that was sent to us, not by V for F guy. Like the information and email was us wasn't by V for F guys. Jody Ledgerwood did a post about this as well, and so we had to disassociate uh, from that uh, because you know a single person who just says, "Oh, well, I support this or whatever," it's different when you have thirty one hundred guys across the country uh, who could they go all go in and arrest if we're associated with this. And then they kept, then the guys kept on saying, oh, well, prove it, prove it, you know, this, you're lying, blah, blah, blah. You're just jealous of our platforms and all this stuff. And uh, so then eventually we, we took what we had, the audio recording, we put together a clip and um, then we released that clip as a warning. And uh, yeah, we like, uh, I assume you're going to play Jason. We didn't make this up. Like <laughs> they're like, oh, it's edited or it's used uh, AI voices and stuff. It's like, no, it's not. That's not the case whatsoever. And we don't just pull things out of our, our butts. Uh, we only release stuff that we believe is true. So anyways, I don't know if you want to play the clip now and then I can speak to it after. Yeah, and what I'm going to do is I just want to put a preface on this is I brought this clip to the attention of Dr. Chris Shoemaker. He's the spokesperson. He's identified himself as that. So I do communicate with him. I had a conversation. And again, I can tell you everything I said because he's a spokesperson and I'm reporting. So I had a conversation with him yesterday about this video. He indicated to me, he'll get back to me by noon, I guess, Eastern time today uh, with more information. But uh, the information he did gather at that time, and I want to do this before I play this video because this is a inflammatory video for sure, um, is that they're aware of it. Uh, they believe they've identified who is involved in this, who's doing most of the speaking here. And his indication that he received was this person is not part of the organizing or leadership or anything like that because there really isn't any, but he's not active in representation. And um, he's going to confirm whether or not this gentleman is either asking being asked to leave or is leaving already um because this kind of rhetoric isn't what uh, dr shoemaker says represents them uh they're aware of it and i believe he mentioned gordon barry was somebody who is aware of this gentleman so i i think uh we'll get some more information later on what what's being done there uh did somebody want to say something i heard a voice there no okay cool uh and hey bethan good morning hey good morning gentlemen 
Estrogen has arrived in your testosterone bubble. I apologize. Well, the police will come after you first. Uh, they're going to come after <laughs> the, our women first. Okay, and look, women. I'm going to join you. I'm going to join nice. you today. Nice, nice. Got your lid. You got good lids. Yeah, I have a big head, so I literally have to redo this or it won't go on. There we go. There we go. Chris, where's yours? Yeah, it's around here somewhere. I, I don't know. I was trying to wear this hat because it's it seems to be controversial. <laughs> Normally, my right. Canada has controversial, but for whatever reason, my VFRAP hat became controversial. Yeah, like, exactly. I, hey, I don't my, give that much. <laughs> I got my B4F merch too, man. We're all on the same uh, baseball team. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And Chris, about talk about controversial hats. This hat here apparently says "Independent MP." I'm not sure how oh. you can read that, but uh, my hats become controversial. You'll find that on Twitter. Oh um, my gosh! In fact, the House of Commons Security has cleared me because people complained about the MP and my uh, Twitter handle. Um, so, anyways, I'm I'm House of Commons cleared on my Twitter handle. So, yay! Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, complaints are going to my MP and it's pretty crazy out there. Um, okay. So <laughs> sorry about that. Good morning, Bethan. And yeah, no, so, so I did want to preface this video with the, the representation says they're aware of it. Uh, they're not happy with it. They're disassociating themselves with this video and they may be, or already, or in the process of disassociating themselves with the individual that they identified in this video. Cause I don't, I don't know who it is. Um, but I'll go ahead and play that for everybody. There's very few with telling that I'm in the inner circle. I know. There's very few of us that are in the inner circle. I happen to be, happen to be one of them. They know the plan. We're going to do a convoy and we're going to Toronto. Toronto is the destination. Oh, Toronto is the destination. Not only Toronto, but we're going to go to the financial district in Toronto. Yeah. And we're going to surround that. And we're going to put blockades up and we're going to hold that ground yeah. and we're not going to move it's in place to make that work the financial district yeah downtown finance. yeah okay so you're uh it's going to be like a one block area it's a big area but it'll probably be several blocks but they're going to block that whole area off and we're going to dig in there essentially now we already know what's going to happen they're going to bring in thugs yes. like they did in Ottawa. They're going to come in and move around us. But the plan is when they get everybody in, so to speak, there's another larger group of people going to come mm -hmm. in. So now they're, they can't move forward and they can't move back. Yep. They can't be resupplied. They can't be anything. Yep. We got them. That's right. Right. And no violence. Nope. Makes sense. We're going to all have white flags, peace. 18 by 18 inches, white flag means peace, means parlay as well. Truce. And if anything was to even come out of a gun, a projectile, a rubber bullet, whatever, from that side against a white flag, that's an international incident. Yep. You can ask any nation in the world that follows that protocol for help, right? One of those nations that happens to follow that is, is uh, United States of America. Mm -hmm. And as you guys know, they're already watching this country intently. Yeah. Oh, they are not pleased about the Chinese infiltration. That's right. No, no. We have friends in the NSA. They're telling us this. They they see this shit happen. They're not happy. They can't just go outright and come through the border. No. They have to have a genuine reason to be in. That's right. And you're staying. We're staying until the government either is disbanded or is arrested, and we have a team in place to do that as well. Ex-military, ex-police. There's guys ready to do it, right? 
and a large group of people. I'm not talking small amount of people. Yep. So the numbers so far from what I've been hearing are what three million. Oh. So we're not around. All right. What are they going to do with three million of us? Yeah. That's right. Put three million of us in jail? I don't think so. No. Right. We got support of other people this time, right? Like not just white Canadians. We got a lot of folks on our side this time, right? And no one wants violence. None of those people want any of that for their kids, right? And I don't want it either. Nobody I know wants it, right? But if I'm attacked, I'm going to defend defense. That's all I'm going to tell Okay? And we're ready for that scenario as well, right? We've got Lex and she oaks, we have gas masks, we have all that stuff. Right? We're ready for it. It's going to happen. Highway blockages are going to happen. Uh, there's a band of natives in Quebec that are planning on build, burning the bridge. I don't agree with necessarily that, but uh, that is what I heard. They're planning on burning the bridge. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is, violence. You're defending yourself at that point. You're not. Okay. You're not. A, you're not being defensive. Yeah. You're not being defensive. You're in defense. You're in defense. Yeah. Well, actually, it's in defense. Violence, in my opinion. You're just defending your body, your body autonomy, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's a tremendous amount of bad legal advice in there for sure. Uh, you cannot use violence to defend yourself unless your life is in danger or the immediate and intimate life of someone else is in danger. That's something you, you have to understand. This does not sound like a Canadian to me, Drew, at all. This is We played this yesterday on our stream last night and immediately talking about the NSA, talking about Americans are going to be there, three million there's no way 10% of Canadians are secretly part of a cabal. There's no way that that happened. Um, not a chance. So this doesn't sound like a Canadian talking about Toronto with a different type of accent. And what they may not understand is Toronto financial district is connected underground with the path system. Every single building is connected all the way to Union Station and, and afar. So there's no effectiveness even to this plan. If their plan is to stop people from going in and out of these buildings, that won't do it. Uh, they can get in and out all day long. So whoever is coming up with this plan, I don't think is is from the Toronto area or even Canadian. Uh, that was my first instinct when I heard this uh, yesterday, Drew. Um, thoughts on my comments, sir? <clears throat> yeah, well, we know who he is now. Um, we got his name. We know where he lives and th that sort of thing. And um, look, we're... we're we're in a lose-lose situation here, okay? So we had the audio. There's only a couple of people who have listened to it. I had to unfortunately listen through, you know, two hours of it multiple times, spent about six hours listening to this, trying to get information from this. This, to us, uh, was a Grant Bristow-type situation, okay? The stuff the guy was saying, oh, I have, you know, you know contact with the NSA and, and that sort of thing, it just reeked to us that this was uh, potentially a government-led or government-funded sort of operation trying to get people up and like it, historically you just have to look at um uh re must, uh, recently ray ups in the january 6th you got to look at the gretchen Whitmer uh, right. kidnapping where it was mostly fbi agents and that sort of thing don't put it past our government they, they did this in the 90s with grant bristow 
So don't put it past them to, to be able to set something like this up as a plant. Now, people said, you know, it's, you know, you guys are creating division and you're doing this. Like, okay, if we had said it and sat on it, didn't say anything, and then something went and happened, and then we found out after the fact that we had that information, then V for F, why didn't you warn us? You know, people got killed and hurt, those gas masks. Why didn't you warn us? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so we, we don't say anything. We, you know, keep our reputation intact. We don't take flack. And then we sit idly by and watch something potentially happen. Or we come out and say something and say, look, uh, this is this is what's happening. This is what we think is happening. And just be, be wary uh, of this person and this individual um, and what he's saying. And who is he working for? Why is he saying that stuff? Why is he name dropping in there? And the, and the other thing, like that guy is in that video talking about civil war. He's talking about um, a tre- like he's talking about treason against the mm-hmm. government. That is treason. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, and if you if you think that you're going to get a bunch of people together and go go around and arrest politicians and hold a kangaroo court and try them, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mm-hmm. mind. So. The other thing, which I see a lot of people say, and we, we had people say this to us uh, yesterday, like, oh, you'll be for F man up, you're cowards, you know. Uh, what are you guys doing? Um, so if you want to go against a modernized police force and, you know, essentially a modernized military, which they would bring in if the police couldn't handle it, you sitting at home, not working out, not doing ruck marches, not training with weapons and doing all this stuff, even with our guys, when we were sort of looking at that, and again, we have a lot of combat veterans. We don't represent all veterans in the country. We don't represent all veterans in the freedom movement. No one. Uh, we just represent our members. You would take, mm-hmm. to even have a chance of success, you would need hundreds of guys who had the base training. They would have to battle plan it. They would have to be armed. They Equipment. They'd have to have, you know, follow-on forces. Like, it's it's delusional to think that they would be able to pull off some sort of operation like this. It would be 0% chance. Mm-hmm. We have special forces guys who have been in, in, in combat <coughs> multiple times who are like tier one special forces dudes. They would never think about something like this. So everyone talks the talk and sitting at home and, oh, yeah, we got to uprise and stuff. But we're telling you it's not going to work and you have a 0% chance of success. And and on top of that, if you if you look and learned anything from James Top, which we did, from Gene, uh, from Gene Sharp, or from the author Gene Sharp, from Dictatorship Democracy, he says in that book, he says, if the people use violence against the state, they will almost always lose, and after they lose, it gives the state uh, an excuse to clamp down the, on them even harder. Okay, correct. So nonviolent, we've been peaceful, peaceful, patriotic veterans, united non-compliance, uh, you know, from the beginning. And we're going to stick by that. None of our guys support any sort of violence against the state. I know, understand people are desperate, uh, but you will not win against the state. So we know what we, we're starting to piece together, just going back. We know we're piecing together who this guy is, where he's from, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, bad news. Now, I want to throw, throw this out there is, uh, you know, the other organizers, Ron Clark, um, Freedom George. I've talked to one of Ron Clark's guys for an hour. I talked to Jason LaFosse, who, who did a bit of a hit piece video on us calling for uh, whatever against us. And I've talked to those guys. I said, look, you have to understand where we're 
coming from is I don't think Ron Clark's a bad bad guy. I don't mm. I don't think Freedom George is a bad guy. I had a great conversation with the, on him on the phone a couple months ago. But I believe that those guys and the other organizers are being led into something that they are unaware of, right? And and so we're worried. And they they at first they said, oh, it's about ego. Oh, and this it's it's not. We don't care about no. clicks. We don't. We have lots of guys across the country who are involved in their communities at the ground level. Go to protest, talk. Uh, we speak and educate uh, people about what we think is happening. We do a ton of stuff behind the scenes. Um, but we're worried for their those guys' safety. I don't think Freedom George is a violent guy. We were worried for his safety, and we were communicating that to them. Like, guys, this is legitimate uh, information that uh, we have. Um, we didn't want to release the full clip because in this full clip, it could potentially be incriminating a bunch of people who were at this. You know, someone's some nut job is on uh, Twitter saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's audio and you guys recorded. It. It's like, no, no, it's not. A, it's from an in-person meeting. It's not a phone call. And we listen through it. Now, we don't want to release the full clip. They, I can confirm with you that we've had mainstream media reach out to us about this clip. We've had the anti-hate network reach, uh, reach out to us about the clip. We have had the police reach out to us about this clip. There's only two people who have, my understanding is there's two people who have access to the full version of this. This will, if the police are open up an investigation and subpoena uh, this clip from myself or Jeff, then we're going to comply with that subpoena. But they kept on saying, oh, release the full clip. We're not going to because, you know, there's no benefit. We put it out there uh, warning people, including the other organizers, like I said, I don't think those guys are bad guys. I believe they're peaceful. But if all it takes is one bad apple um, to come out and do something or a group of bad guys who could be planted there as provocateurs or getting riled, people riled up, that's what we're, we are worried about. And so we've been taking like a ton of flack from people, which which is fine. Like I tell people, it's like we have guys who take an incoming enemy fire. Your, your little Twitter insults and Instagram calling us cowards and stuff like that is, is laughable in our eyes. We have people who say, oh, you never stand with the people. Uh, who do you think helped organize the One Million March for Children and had vets marching from Newfoundland all the way to Vancouver Island? Look on the web page of those organizations. You will see our logo on there. So don't give me that. Just because we you know, don't attend a small rally down in Cornwall, Ontario, and then people turn around and complain, oh, you never stand with us, whatever. Uh, we've done a lot. Uh, we just don't necessarily need instant gratification uh, from people. We don't have to go on social media and, you know, toot our own horn and pat our own back about uh, every little thing that we do. We've raised over 120,000 people. We've helped Chris Dacey financially. We've helped other people financially. And, you know, we support, we're, we're acting as a support role. It doesn't have to be the center of attention on, on V4F. So we're, we, we don't usually try to, we try to only punch up, but, we're starting to get sort of tired of this stuff and um you know it's it's we don't want to sort of i don't want to say punch down or punch across to people but we're just we're getting tired of this stuff so but anyways that's yeah. where the clip is that was that was why we put it out was as a warning and potentially we don't know and i don't think we will never ever know but we could have potentially on um you know foiled a government-led gretchen whitmer type uh, situation by this by this one guy who was doing this and who knows what his plans were who knows who's controlling him 
We don't know. And I don't think it's Ron Clark. I don't think it's Freedom George. I don't think it's Gordon Berry. I don't think those guys were aware of this. But who is this guy? So that, that's how we're approaching it. If you're going to take flack, that's fine. We're going to lose followers, that's fine. But we believe we did the right thing. And, um, you know, hopefully we prevented something from happening. Yeah, and you're getting both both allegations which contradict each other. Uh, you're not supporting us. You're not supporting us at all. And then at the same time, why are you making these videos and why are you putting this information out? Like you're doing work. You're doing work. And they just don't like it sometimes. I get it. And I think you also understand where they could be coming from as well because they do feel like all they want to see us do is support. Mm -hmm. And they also want blind support. And I think that's where I think we're going to have a little bit of a disconnect because I don't blindly support anything or anyone. I need information. I need to know what we're talking about. Now, Bethann, when I played this video yesterday on our relay, you actually zoomed in on some of the words, specific words and specific things being said because you've heard this before and some of the stuff has been repeated. You want to kind of let everybody know what you, you heard there? Well, yeah. So I, I guess I heard a lot of of language that would resonate with people who were uh, following Q during 2017, 2018 and beyond, you know, the NSA is a big trigger word, right? Because um, the NSA apparently has all the information on all of us. Um, there was uh, trust the plan, you know, that's a big one. Cause you know, people just need to relax, trust the plan, the military are coming to our rescue, um, which was resonating with that 3 million people. And I mean, I, I, I did say this yesterday to, um, you know, there's, there's no win in this for vets for freedom. And um, it doesn't make them, you know, popular amongst the fringe for derailing something that people were very hopeful about. But again, I will reiterate that I am glad people are going home disappointed and they're not actually locked up in boxes right now facing 20 to 30 years per charge. Um, they are running a mischief trial in Ottawa as though it were a terrorism and treason trial. Give them the chance to have a terrorism and just they are like drooling. We're seeing this police behavior. And as Drew was saying earlier, there are no big fans of us. You know, um, mm -hmm. most of them don't support us. And so give them a chance. Give them a chance to do something that is these are legitimate treason charges. And there is a textbook definition for treason, not just like people are spewing out treason when there is a textbook definition for terrorism. And it was hitting those markers. And um, and so we are actually thinking about the safety of the French and thinking about their lives because we've been watching what's happening to the Coots for political persecution, Chris and Tamara, political persecution, Pat King, political persecution. And so you don't think that these guys, like they would love to throw Ron Clark away and Freedom George away forever and all the, they would love to. And so you know, I, I saw in the comments, I'm I'm reading a lot of bollocks, but I'm also reading, you know, so what do we do? And I'd be really interested perhaps afterwards where we could talk about there are other things that we can do. And it doesn't have to be these like concentrated, like fuster clucks on <laughs> Wellington Street. Like we do have other options to fight them. And um 
what is they call it like asymmetrical warfare we cannot win them force to force we have to actually do clever things and i i know drew has talked about this kind of stuff before and i see rob primo's got his hand up in the classroom next (laughs) (laughs) i love you primo so yeah like there's a whole bunch of things there but there is we do like there are options guys we don't have to keep trying the same avenue and getting the same results and getting frustrated we could do other things so i'll put i'll plant a flag there yeah for sure and i'll come to rob in a second hey rob thanks for jumping on um and i also want to highlight something to these people that are protesting and very adamant it's the supporters mainly not necessarily the uh, influencers uh, and the representation but their supporters look you're coming after Drew and me and other people who are having conversations and bringing forward the information we receive and we disseminate. You're coming after us viciously, but are we not standing up to what we believe to be an injustice or misinformation? Are we not being brave by standing up and putting ourselves out there publicly? We're just people trying our best, taking these hits and still doing it. Uh, it would be very easy for Drew to just delete that video and ignore it and move on with his fundraising and supporting vets and other causes because he's doing a great job on that. He didn't need to spend a week looking into things, trying to find out what's going on and put everything out there uh, and take the flack. That's go- He knew it's going to come. There's always going to be people that are not happy with that. And I, I certainly could have just kept this show strictly about uh, election stuff or other things and not got into this very contentious issue. But I can tell you from my perspective, and I I feel this panel is very similar, we don't want Canada to fall. And some of these things are going to accelerate that fall and not in the way we we want as uh, the people. We just want to replace some of the bad apples. We want to identify them. We want to get through an election. We want to get our voice out there. And we want dialogue and conversation. Anything other than that, division amongst ourselves, uh, multiple divisions, like we fracture all over the place, isn't helping. <laughs> and and if you are not interested in hearing the full picture, you may have too much tunnel vision. And I would ex- ask you to do the breathing exercise that Drew said. Four seconds in, four seconds hold, four seconds out, four seconds hold. <laughs> Try that a few more times and understand that maybe your anger is causing you to be a little blip blinded here. So let's be the group that is calmly moving this forward with as much information as possible. This is the attempt that Drew's trying to do, I'm trying to do, Chris is trying to do, and we're going to get to Rob as well. I, I believe he works on this as well a lot. Rob, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for giving me a little moment there to get that rant out because I'm flooded. I'm flooded. Uh, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time responding, sometimes ignoring, and uh, very infrequently blocking some of the stuff that's coming to me because it's vicious. Um, Rob, you, you've been listening to this episode. You're in the chat. Why don't you give us your take at this point on uh, what's happening in Ottawa and then what's happening with this video that we're talking about? Well, the first thing I want to say before I forget is you're talking about different things that can be getting done to you know move us forward. There's one thing that drives me insane that people seem to not realize. Your federal government is captured. Your political government is captured. Your municipal government is not captured. Nobody goes to these meetings, guys, and it pisses me off, okay? I go to my municipal government meeting. It's once a month. It's not a lot to do, okay? I live in Niagara region. Our population is a half million. 
How many people do you think attend the meeting? Myself, sometimes two or three other people, guys. It's embarrassing. It's an absolute embarrassment. And I want you all to know that right now, they're in the process of capturing those governments. When they capture our local government that we control, it's all over. It's all over. So I know you have a big audience on here, Jason. So if you guys could take one thing away, and I'm not trying to be selfish and say it's my thing I said, but guys, in your community, get a group of 30 people together once a month to go attend these meetings, okay? See what motions they're bringing forward, okay? And then you can delegate against not liking that because there's not even anyone who shows up to delegate against mm -hmm. these. And me being the person I am, they've already canceled me here not locally. I've done nothing wrong and I'm not allowed to delegate there. So we need everyday people who aren't these, I don't know, what's the word, influencers or whatever to go in there and do these delegations. Because I'll tell you one thing they're doing right now. You guys seen that, you know, I was big on something that happened in my park here locally. Kids seen some inappropriate things. I tried to question the mayor. No luck, won't answer, okay? So now what they're doing is the police won't even enforce this because it's not lawful. So now they're getting bylaw to put a bylaw in place. So if I see the mayor in public and I say, hey, Mr. Mayor, I want to ask you why the kids were subjected to nudity in the park with photos, the, the bylaws just going to come and grab me and arrest me and say that that's harassment. So now mm -hmm. journalism is becoming harassment. So these guys are gaining full control through our local governments. Now local governments never had the power that they're getting right now. So everyone needs to get out and actually do some work. It's really easy to go protest and say hoorah and stand together. And I find that important too. But there's a whole bunch of different pieces to this puzzle that need to be put together. And this is a big one. So start to look into it. As far as things go in Ottawa, um, I'm kind of, my head's floating all over the place. Because I think the original plan uh, wasn't a good plan. But I also agree with Drew that I think a lot of people are being misguided down this path. And they're acting on emotions. And when you act on emotions... You know, that's when we give a negative response sometimes. And, you know, there's a lot of people have asked me, well, when are you going to Ottawa? I'm not. And I'll tell you why I'm not, because I know where I need to be. I have myself. I have three children that I love. I need to be there to protect them. If I go to Ottawa, I'm not going to be there to protect them because I was already in Ottawa once and I was assaulted. And I told myself that I wasn't going to let myself get assaulted anymore. I believe in self-defense, but I also believe that that's not a good, that that's not a winning strategy, like Drew said right now. So one, I'm not going to let people push me around and bully me, but two, I'm not going to go to places where I know that's going to happen to me because the enemy's going to win. I'm not going to win. However, I don't want people to think that I'm looking down on them for going there and standing up and protesting because that's not a bad idea. If we could ever do the convoy, if we could ever go back in time and go back to that moment where they all started hitting everyone and, you know, grabbing, uh, you know, veterans and things that really triggered us. I wish I could have got on a mic megaphone and said, guys, let's all just sit down on the ground in a circle right now and nobody talk. Nobody talk. 
We need people to start using their head and trying new strategies, not the other thing. I would love to go there and tell these police officers what I think of them, but it's not going to accomplish anything. It's just going to make them more pissed off, which is going to get their reaction to go 10 times up. And like Drew said, we see no accountability. So I wouldn't expect any of that to happen anytime soon. So if you're going to go to Ottawa and you're going to protest with these people, I respect you doing that. And I wish this whole country could just head to Ottawa, stand there and say nothing and say, we're not leaving until, you know, this has changed. But unfortunately, we know people don't have the mentality or time to go and do that. So it's not going to happen. But if you're in Ottawa right now and you're at these protests, I would just make sure you you listen to your gut. And uh, I would be standing there silently because these people aren't listening to you. They're just using it as fuel to get more mad and do do whatever it is they want. Also, you know, the police officers that were involved in the altercations yesterday, I noticed these are police officers that have already made me really upset at Rolling Thunder and the convoy. There are a few of the, I'm sure Daisy recognizes, these are the same officers who have been guilty of doing the same crazy things to protesters and nothing's happened to them. So to me, it looks like they're putting these same ones out that people have already doxxed and put their names out there and and exposed who they are. It's like they're putting it out there on purpose because, you know, someone like myself, if I was in Ottawa, and this isn't the right thing to do, but I probably would have went up to that officer and said, you know, you're the jerk that did this and I got the video of it right here. And, you know, and they want that going back and forth and back and forth so they can come down with the jackboot and smash you right and if they can justify what it is they've been trying to say about us which they can't it's all over it's all over so just always remember that absolutely and look for two three years we've been calling ourselves the silent majority so let's have the silent majority show up. We're silent, but there's a large group of us. It's silent majority. And that could be maybe what's on the, the, the tape, silent majority, or something along those lines. Um, Chris, I'm going to come back to you now. Now, I think this is the first time I chatted with you about the video we saw from V4F. You're not hearing this kind of talk while you're in the groups and in, in, in the, with the protesters. Um, so where do you think this is coming from, and do you think this reflects anybody at this stage? Yeah, I mean, as to where it came from and, and all that stuff is kind of above my pay grade, maybe. Um, I mean, it all it all well, sounded... We're all volunteers, so everything's above yeah, our pay yeah. grade. <laughs> yeah, it, it all sounded obviously concerning to me, but um, I, I've never heard that kind of talk from, from the people I know involved in, in the stuff going on now. You know, if I, if I did hear stuff like that, that's very, very concerning. And I don't know exactly how I deal with it, but I, I talk to someone who knows more about this stuff and try to figure it out. Um, a lot of what I do is, is is just going and talking to people, right? There's always so much rumor and, and talk and innuendo going around. Um, I found the best thing to do is, is to make phone calls and, and if you can, meet people face-to-face. And then a lot of this stuff gets put to bed. Um, this one video or, or the, the clip in particular, like it's very concerning, very concerning. But I didn't hear any talk like that um, anywhere really at all. Like that clip, it's gone around now, but wasn't my experience talking to anyone. Yeah, and and what I'm getting the impression of is this was meant to get people frustrated with it, kind of like the QP video yeah. where the Million Person March came out. A lot of people stayed away from the marches because of that video, and this could be just another thing that they're doing here is putting this ominous yeah. video I mean, out 
to chase some people away. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, there could be. Yeah, could be a few reasons, right? That yes, to scare people away. But I mean, you know, sometimes people will throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks, right? And if this video got around in certain circles, all of a sudden you could start attaching people and you start trying to form. We know there's been talk about conspiracies here at recent trials. Um, all of a sudden, the, you know, with with one person like this trying to trying to direct things, you could get a lot of people, you know, embroiled in that, and it could be really bad, really, really bad. Yeah, and I want to kind of put a caution out to everybody for today and in the, in the coming days. First, they they vitiate your rights or tell you you can't stand there. Then they tell you to be quiet, and then they give you a ticket, and then they arrest one of you, and then they tase one of you. The next step is going to be to target an influencer or somebody who has a following. So the rob or something else is going to be next because they're going to want the group to try and protect their influencer. Um, so please, Rob and the rest, uh, Ron, sorry, Ron and the rest, you're, you're next. Like I, This is the escalation that I see happening right in front of our eyes. And then one more comment on the video. They named some names in there, and I think that was for the purpose of sla uh, slandering the person and painting them and, and bringing them together. They may have no clue about what's going on at all, uh, but they're being named dropped. And that could be to create division, create concern, create uh, paranoia about that person or other things so let's please just judge us for what this is it's a video of some people talking um they don't seem to be the ones stepping forward as the influencers they're not online continuing this conversation and there's a whole bunch of bad things that can come out of this video if we believe it to be true and if we believe it to be the plan so i'm going to encourage people to not do that don't believe that that's the plan and don't believe that they're, they're speaking truth just consider that drunk bar talk and the same thing that we heard for Trump and Billy in the bus for 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 Trump in 2016. It's just locker room talk. Until it materializes, it's not much more than that. Now, Drew, I'm going to come to you. What are the things for risk assessment for people to really pay attention to when they're looking at stuff like this? How, how do we assess the risk of this? And where do you put this on, the, on a scale of uh, severe, we have to take action now, benign, it means nothing. Where would you put it on your risk scale? Well, I, I'll just just have a, just a couple other things to follow up with some of the points here. So, you know, Chris mentioned to me that he was going to go meet with the organizers and that sort of thing of this convoy. And Chris can confirm or deny whether I said this to him or not. I said, Chris, get your phone, get all the organizers on in the room, put me on speakerphone, and I, I'm going to try and warn them about what's happening. Right, Chris? Did I did I say that to you? Yeah, so it, it was a warning to these guys to be careful. We believe they were being entrapped or provoked, going to be provoked into a violence. I told them to do it. It didn't materialize, which is fine, but we're trying to warn these guys, and it's not because we don't like them. It's for their safety because we believe they're going to be entrapped. And I, I, I want to answer a question because I keep some, keep seeing someone ask this question. I think we did not take this clip, the, the full audio clip to police at all, okay? Didn't take it to the police. If they request it or subpoena it for some sort of investigation, we'll have to give it over. But we didn't want to uh, entrap uh, these people. It was just a warning based on the intelligence we have. I will tell you that this is a completely authentic clip. I will bet on my life that it is because I've heard the whole thing. It's not edited. That was a meeting that took place in Nova Scotia at the end of August. Um, okay, so that's where the one other point I want to sort of bring up is... Yeah. So the, the other thing that I want to bring up is, you know, 
there's some some nut jobs on Twitter there that you know uh, are uh, going and like verbally assaulting people like Chris Stacy. I think she's like a five foot tall uh, woman. Just be careful if you are wearing V for F gear in public. Watch out for this lady. Uh, she has a bone to pick with anyone who supports V4F. So if you're in the Ottawa area, just watch out for this little uh, harpy running around yelling at people. Um, so just be prepared to defend yourself against her because she's completely lost her mind. So I'll throw that out there. And actually, can you ask me the question again, Jason, there? Because I got I rambled off. I got to try to remember the question now because I was thinking oh, about the next actually, one. So what do you think of that? Maybe, maybe I'll just touch on that too with, with Drew saying that, that we spoke. Like, like I can I can speak from, I know Drew pretty well now. And I mean, everything he reached out and tried to do, it, it was from a position of, of genuine concern for the people involved. You know, it wasn't, wasn't an attack. It wasn't a like, look, I got you. It wasn't a, anything like that. He was concerned for them and, and he was concerned for me at times as well. Um, and that's always been been my my experience with Drew, right? It, it's not... No one's out to try to 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 you know to, to get people. This is uh, this is concerning stuff, and and we don't want anyone to get you know caught up in, in something like this, right? So, just wanted to to express that. Yeah, I know Drew is stuck between a rock and a hard place, concrete and a roof. Like there's no right move for him. Everybody will be upset with no matter what he does. He releases the full thing with graphics for everybody. They're mad. He releases a clip they're mad there's no way to please everybody i think what drew's doing is appropriate uh he's not trying to put people at harm this is why you have a clip um and if the authorities require if they already have a copy because who knows maybe they created this uh if if they want a copy they'll get a copy and they know where to get it from um so drew i also remember my question it was about the risk assessment so looking at that video what are the uh, elements for your risk assessment and where do you put it on a scale of very, very important to deal with, all the way to benign and not important at all. Where would you uh, assess this risk assessment? Okay, so based on the, the it, we released a video of an audio clip, okay? So that's where it comes from, based on all the stuff that the, that person was saying in this meeting, including, you know, being super secretive, but then asking to take a picture of all of the people who were at this meeting right at the end very concerning to us about this guy um you know like why would he do that why does he need people's identities or proof or a time stamped picture we were really worried about this guy look he could be just completely full of crap right just running his mouth completely full of crap that's a possibility um uh, but he's pretty pretty slick talker um and so so that's what we were we were worried about was who is this guy like like i've said and i've said on multiple podcasts now don't think Ron Clark was aware. Don't think Freedom George was aware. Don't think Gordon Berry was aware. Don't think those guys are bad guys necessarily. Like, I don't know them that well, but um, I you know, was worried for those people. Um, so I would say, based on some of the video and stuff that Chris has been showing, um, of the way that how, how amped up the police are, I, you know, I sent Ron Clark's, I don't have his number, but I have his wife's number. One of our guys was driving to Ottawa a couple of days ago and he took a picture of the miracle ride uh, being uh, heading to Ottawa when he was heading to, uh, through Ottawa. So the police are up, they're on edge. Um, they're ready for some sort of conflict. And, you know, they, we're worried that they're going to provoke these people. And based on some of the video that Chris showed yesterday, that you can see these guys are riled up and, and amped up. And uh, who knows, right? So, 
uh, I'd say pretty pretty risky. I'd say maybe like a six or seven out of ten. It's good that they sort of identified uh, who this person was in the camp. Uh, we know who he was, but they might not have. They've identified this person. Hopefully, that person is going to be leaving because he could potentially get them all up on uh, on treason charges uh, for some of the stuff that he uh, was saying or counsel or kick like the you know the, I don't forget the term, but it's counseling to commit treason or, or whatever it is. Those are serious charges. Um, so. But that, what that does, if they do that, and Chris or whoever comes on and say they've got rid of this guy, all it does is say that, A, the audio was real, and they know who uh, who it is, and B, they've, they've done something about it, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is good. And, uh, you know, we, again, we've had people attacking us on Twitter. Oh, where were the gas masks? Where were the shields? It's like, don't ask us. Those weren't our words. Uh, those were their words. Um, so you got to ask them, uh, or sorry, ask this individual about that stuff because it was him talking in the video. So hopefully this guy gets gets sort of kicked out of uh, the group there and who knows if they're gonna in, investigate him or they're just gonna let him go away quietly or whatever. And I personally believe that um, Ron and Freedom George and the rest of the people there uh, will you know continue on and be peaceful. And they've actually outed a, a potential bad apple or in like some of us believe a potential CSIS uh, or some sort of foreign operative who was planted in there to make it uh, a big, big event and entrap these people, which is what we were worried about, which is why if you look through the history of our social media, we posted about violence against the police, the CSIS meme uh, provoking Canadian citizens to do terrorism and the history of Grant Bristow and the Heritage Front. There's a reason we put that stuff out there uh, ahead of time. Yeah, and as soon as I have more information from Chris Shoemaker about what they know and what they're doing about this gentleman, uh, I'll bring it to you. Check Twitter and Facebook first, but it will likely also be in tomorrow's episode as well. So it looks like we'll have Ron Clark and and uh, George on as well. Freedom George. Yeah, Bethan? Yeah, You're such um, a polite student. Yeah. There's a few points here that I've marked down. Um, one is, you know, I'm looking at all these people uh, who are in, in this panel and it, it's been, you know, two long years, right? And um, even three or four long years, like we're at 2020, now we're getting to 2024. Like some of us have been doing this as a marathon, right? And um, many of us have put in thousands of hours of protesting or planning protests and that kind of thing. And it was interesting to me that um, a lot of these, you know, I I call like senior generals in the movement are like coming up to me going, yeah, I don't know what I think. Like, you know, Rob, you even mentioned you whispered something in my ear when I saw you at another protest voicing your concerns and Drew voiced concerns. And and there were other people in Alberta who were calling me who were voicing concerns. So um collectively there's quite a wise hive mind there um that very much cares about um the outcomes for impulsive people you know some of us are more thinkers and some of us are more doers um and and i and all i got from this was actually a care we actually care about the fringe that you know nobody cares about so um there's a lot of wisdom after doing this for a long time. And when something smells off, which it did for many of us, um, I'm going with that. Um, the other 
Um, the other piece is what Rob was saying. Local change will have national impact. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is where, and we're looking at Maggie Hope Braun's plans and this kind of thing. This is something that actually Drew has said to me for a very, very long time. Um, but we need to make uh, municipal politics like cool again. We need, we need to bring in a deluge of candidates. Perhaps Rob can't get in. Perhaps I can't get in because, you know, we're kind of known to be safe Canada. But we can bring in tons of people into municipal politics and school board trustees. And that's the line that we can hold. Um, you know, I know people are trying to recreate Woodstock. And I think it might be a one and done. And we had this beautiful, um, like unsuspecting moment, but I don't know if we're ever going to be able to recreate that unless we, you know, are doing it for Winterlude and tourism. Like, I, I don't know if we can ever do that again. So there are other strategies and the strategy has to be in making municipal politics cool. This is something we have to take back. Um, in our own communities and it isn't glamorous and it isn't necessarily fun looking through um, bylaws and that kind of thing. But uh, this is the work that needs to be done. It can't all be like live streaming across the country. And, you know, sometimes it's just the grind of showing up, you know, once a week to your local municipal meetings, showing up to the school board. Look what we did in Ottawa with the Nilly Kaplan Mirth. I mean, that woman is on her heel. And it was because of parents and concerned yep. members of the community who kept showing up. And now her motions to bring masks back and all of her bananas ideas that probably aren't her ideas have failed. Why? Because of a wall of parents holding that line. And what you guys are doing in Niagara, I, like I'm super happy with Niagara, but Niagara is punching way above their weight. And these guys are in there. And if it's not going to be Rob, it's going to be, you know, the 10 headed Hydra behind him. Like it's going to keep on coming. They're not going to be able to stop us at that level. And that's where I want to feel get people empowered with is that we don't have to do these like national uh, initiatives to Ottawa. Forget Ottawa. It's almost like a wasteland. Your own community. Save your own community. Don't that's worry about the country. Yeah. Worry about your community. That's exactly what I was just waiting yeah. to say. And you said it, Beth. And everybody's always looking. And, you know, me too. I'm guilty of it. Let's go to Ottawa. Let's go here. Don't worry about that. Let the people in Ottawa worry about Ottawa. Worry about where you live. Worry about setting up your communities there. Worrying about worry about finding people in your circle who have certain skills so you can help each other out and barter with each other. Grow a garden. Grow something that your neighbor isn't going to grow and have your neighbor grow something you're not going to grow so you can trade with each other. That's it's pretty right. simple. And I mean, if you follow V for F, they'll teach you all that kind of shit, right? And with real leadership comes real responsibility. So I commend Drew and V for F for doing what they have. It's not easy. You know everyone was going to start chirping you. But good for you because that's what you have to do. Because at the end of the day, we are guiding people we care about. And we're trying to take our country down the right path, not the wrong path. Because if we go down the wrong path, we're going to lose. It, I'm telling you right now, if I could go out in the street and get in a fight two years ago and this would have been all over, I would have done it. And I'm sure anyone would have done it. 
And, uh, you know, I don't mean to sound violent, but it's very easy to have a confrontation and have it over with. But that's not how it works, and that's how these people win. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the country and, is built and, on community. If, yeah, go ahead, Drew. Yeah. If I So since last year, uh, we our strategic level guidance uh, to our members and our supporters has been two things. It's like what Rob said. So we say two things. We say localism will defeat globalism and local change will have national impact okay so everything else you do sort of trickles down from that strat level guidance so I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of what i've done in my community uh so myself and another guy said look we know they're using food as a weapon we need to build uh, work on food security and build community so what we did is we put together a homesteading group which we're not talking about the wef and vaccines but we focused on those two things um in in my county we have uh, 125 members now uh, we, we, we meet once a month in a local uh, church. Uh, we have monthly potlucks to, to sort of get together and get to know one, on each other. We share skills. We go and help each other on each other's properties. Think about if we can replicate that across the country. And I'll give a shout out to Kaylee. She's uh, she's watching. She just texted me. I know she's a member of the uh, the group here uh, in Halliburton. But that is me putting the money where my mouth is and getting involved locally. And when I said to these meetings, I said, guys, you know, spend some time reviewing sort of bylaws, the meeting minutes and that sort of things, what's happening in our local municipalities. All these people sitting on Twitter, okay, and, and Facebook and all this stuff. I'm going to give you just a quick lesson um, from a guy named Andy Stumpf, okay? So Andy Stumpf is ex-Navy SEAL down in the United States. He has a great podcast called Cleared Hot. I recommend you listen to it to, to get some good information. But he has something called the circles principle. <clears throat> so there's three circles. You have your circle of... Uh, excuse me, circle of control, which is your actions, what you say, your body, that sort of thing. <clears throat> you have your circle of concern, which is your friends, your family, your community, uh, your colleagues at work. Uh, so that's your, sorry, that's your circle of influence. And then you have your circle of concern, which is everything else. And so what he says is this, is that too many people spend the majority of their time in their circle of concern. And that circle of concern, they have zero impact, uh, they have zero influence over and they have no control over you we're not saying don't spend any time uh in that in the circle of concern but maybe start to shift some of your time to focus on yourself your own personal health your wellness your family uh getting involved in your community instead of sitting there on facebook now i i consume podcasts all day and every day and i listen to people i listen to this show i listen to um uh, jeremy mckenzie's the raging dissident i listen to that stuff but i listen to it while i'm outside working while I'm putting in fence posts, while I'm, uh, you know, building, building out uh, sugar shacks and digging ponds and on my property, I listen to that stuff as a form of entertainment. Chris, Chris has been up to my place and, um, you know, that's what it is. There's lots of construction going here, but we are focusing on sustainability, uh, resilience, community uh, up here. And, you know, I, I see that yeah, long, young lady there, Judy, mentions networking. Yes, correct. Networking is important locally. And we have people who come to the group and say, hey, can you come and do this down in Almer or whatever? It's like, no, you can take the blueprint that we've used and you can go down and do that in, in Almer. Start to build up your local groups, um, find your friends, uh, build community and work collectively together towards common goals. Because if you think about it, um, if you have these strong uh, communities where you actually eventually become, it get big enough, you actually become a soft lobby group. That can go in and put pressure on your counselors and your you know the school board and that sort of thing and eventually if your group gets big and strong enough 
you know, in a couple of years, you'll be able to vote people in from that group to go there to mm -hmm. represent the people in their community. And I know people want instant gratification, but that is the long haul. You have to think about the long game in this. And I know people are scared. We don't have enough time, that sort of thing. And I understand that. Uh, but that's why we tell people, focus on food security, start gardening. I had a lady who came to one of our uh, briefings that we did, and she literally sent me a picture of her. Um, I wish I could share it somehow, but they were in the city. They took what we said to, to heart, be like, get out of the cities, start to focus on food security and sustainability, et cetera. She sent me a picture of her. They are now out of the city. They have a property up near uh, North Bay. They have solar panels, they have gardens, they have everything. And she's flying a V4F flag. She's not a member, but she's a supporter. But she sent the, uh, us to that saying, look, we've moved out of the city and this is what we're doing. We're taking some of your uh, advice to heart. And that's what we need to do. We know they're using food as a weapon. They will continue to use food as a weapon. Like Sun Tzu said, you need to put yourself in an unassailable position. So if you focus on food security, you then take that weapon and the bugs and all the other stuff that they want to push on us, you're taking that out of their hands and putting it into your hands and they can't use it against you. And so you think rural communities across the country, if you had these sort of big cooperative farms and homesteading and community groups, focusing on food security, focusing on helping each other, that is how we win, right? And so that's what we're hoping. That's our messaging that we're getting out. And it's been consistent since November of last year. We talk about victory gardens. Victory gardens were what uh, it was at sort of campaigns put on the government towards their citizens in World War One, World War Two. They said, we need you to start gardens, right? Because it helps with mental health to get out there in, in terms of, you know, those, those were bad times. But also it it eases um, strain on the supply chain, the food supply chain as well. They needed people to do that to be able to uh, feed the soldiers and the armies. So we've been, you look at our social media, we've been putting these victory garden sort of posts out with the historically, it's like, guys, get out there. We've talked to guys who have no longer have blades of grass uh, at their houses in the city. They have all sorts of food and that sort of thing. So that is our goal. And that's what we've been telling people. But again, just going back to the initial lesson I started with is maybe less time in your circle of concern, less time online, focusing on, uh, you know, Facebook and, and arguing with people online, which actually accomplishes nothing. Focus more on your circle of control and your circle of influence. And I guarantee you, you'll be better off in the long run. Great advice, Drew. Then, uh, I appreciate that. I just, yeah, wanted to mention, I just wanted to mention something quick too. Like, you know, Drew talks about this community and, and there's so many different avenues of support. Now let's, let's take a look at this too. Now what happens when one of you people, you know, from Drew's community goes to the hospital and their child needs healthcare and their child's denied healthcare? Well, that's one phone call you get 30 people that show up at the hospital and you don't be violent. You don't be angry. You don't be anything, but we want this child seen. What's the hospital going to do? Call three police officers in. And then there's 30 of you there. The police are going to say, well, just see this patient guys, just see this patient. And, and, and I know that, you know, people will take that the wrong way, but no, that's, that's how you stand up together. That's how you protect each other. That's how you make sure things are in check, you know, uh, yelling and screaming and all that stuff's not going to do anything. But the more bodies you have, uh, the more you're going to be able to win in these types of situations. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And um, like 
you know, what Drew is suggesting isn't particularly sexy, you know, where it's like, go grow a garden. People are like, oh, great. What I've always wanted to do. But it is one of the best ways of becoming ungovernable. And this is people wear it on their shirts and they, you know, post it as their headline, become ungovernable. Well, this is how you do it. You have it by food security. You have it by having really strong communities that are reading all the municipal plans and saying, oh, that's a hell no from us. So um, it is a very strong way. And it's just one idea, guys. It's just one. There are a plethora of ideas of this asymmetrical warfare where we can win and um, and we can like. I'm reading in the comments going, like, we have to get rid of the feds. And but this is our way of making the feds obsolete. You know, imagine if we could be so ungovernable that we didn't have to send the money anymore. You know, like like this could actually have legs, but it does require brave members in each community. And I know that every community has them. So it's like, okay, everybody has to stand up. Yeah, stand up and head to your school board meeting and head to your local city council. Not glamorous, but we're going to make it cool again. And if I like you live that. In city and you can't move, well, you know, then you, you get rooftop gardens. I don't care. Bring a chicken into your apartment, whatever you need to do. <laughs> chicken in the apartments. There you go. A whole building in Toronto full of chickens. One <laughs> one chicken per per unit. One chicken and, per bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, you've been doing a great job demonstrating silent protests for like twenty minutes now. You've been very quiet. Uh, I'm going to bring you on here, buddy, and uh, we'll 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 have to wrap this up because I got to get you on the street so you can go capture some more information. Uh, but yeah, what's your final thoughts here, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I I love what Drew's saying there. What what you guys were all saying, you know, if if we build strong relationships and strong communities, that that will insulate us against this overreaching state tyranny, right? And it isn't a quick fix. It's not glamorous. Like I've been uh, I've been to Drew's place and I've seen what he's doing there, and it's it's incredible. But it's not a real flashy thing to put on the internet and get you know, it's not going to get two hundred thousand views. But it's really really important. And uh, the more people that look into this stuff, um, I think they'll see that there's some really good good initiatives going on like that. Um, I've seen other groups um, when I was touring the East Coast. I visited some other places similar to what Drew's doing. Um, and it was incredible what some people have been able to do in, in a rather short amount of time with some hard work and planning. So, um, you know, there are options. There's other options, too, besides just what Drew's doing. Right? Everyone doesn't need to do it the same way. But there are tons of things we can do. And it's going to be a long game. So let's not forget that. Thank you very much, Chris, for that. And then, Rob, I'm going to come to you. Thanks for joining us late. It was short but powerful. Um, go ahead and have your your last words. Yeah, I mean, I just my last words because I haven't really spoke uh, to any of this is I want to just kind of reiterate what Drew did. Um, Freedom George, Ron Clark, these are all guys that I like and I respect, and uh, I think that they have a very powerful voice, and um, I hope they don't get led down the wrong path. Um, I have absolutely no issue and and I enjoy these people and I enjoy listening to them and watching their streams. Um, my issue is that I've been around this for three years now and uh, for three years now, they've been trying to hook me while I follow the law and mm -hmm. stay within the confines of the law. Uh, I've done nothing wrong and I've had CSIS show up at my house. I've had the RCMP here. Uh, we just had the Million March for Children, and uh, we had four undercover RCMP officers marching with us, drinking beer during the parade while they were marching, and they went and uh, jumped into an RCMP car after. 
<laughs> so I am very, very, very aware at how crooked these people are. Uh, you know, Jason got started covering this because of the four guys in that corner right there who did nothing wrong. So just remember, guys, if you're in an area somewhere and let's say some person shows up who you've never seen before and just smashes three cops in the mouth, well, they're going to say you all conspired to commit police brutality or whatever, just like they said these guys did. So that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. We don't have anything bad about these guys, and uh, I respect them, and I think they're patriots. But, uh, you know, another situation, let's say someone like Freedom George, who's already done time as a political prisoner. Mm-hmm. How do you think Canadians are going to react if someone shows up and uh, punches him in the mouth or someone comes and arrests him and puts him back in jail? You think people are going to be calm at nighttime? I don't. So I'm just saying that, uh, you know, make sure you don't put yourself in any of these bad situations. And I hope everyone in Ottawa can keep it peaceful. I hope you can keep putting pressure on them. And you're going to, it's like talking to a brick wall, talking to those cops. It drives me insane. I wouldn't even waste your time. I would just stand there, be quiet because it's going to be more effective for you guys because they want you yelling at them. They want you calling names. That's all opportunities for the media. They got their action body cameras on. You're giving them everything they want. Shut up. Stand there. Don't move. If they want to move you and arrest you, don't say a word. Let people videotape that. Let's put that on Fox News and the international news. Absolutely. And I like that advice too, for sure, uh, Rob. And I would concur with that. Just just be quiet. And if they're going to take you, they're going to take you. If they're going to assault you, they're going to assault you. And if they're going to violate your rights, record it. Let's have a lot of recording. Five eyes. Let's get a bunch of angles of this thing. Uh, Drew, final words from you, bud. Yeah. Um, so I saw someone mention the Fringe Farm Network in Ontario. Yes, exactly. Look up. It's not just, you know, we don't have a network here. We just are sort of pushing it to encourage other people to do that sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. Fringe Farm, there, look them up. There's all sorts of different groups doing these local initiatives. I, another another person I uh, who sort of falls under the localism defeats globalism maggie braun look her up on facebook they're doing some good work there's all sorts of grassroots stuff happening at the municipal and local level find those people uh and, and focus on them support them go and listen to them and see if, if they have to say if it's something that makes sense to you then throw your support behind them but localism defeats globalism that's been our messaging since last year and the trickle down to that is you need to find people locally uh, find other people, um, find some common ground, and and work together. And and like I said, we we've been concerned about food security uh, since last year. And I know people live in condos in the cities and stuff like that. It's it's a little hard, but um, you got to try and find uh, ways and be creative to focus on that. You know, I I have a pressure canner right on top of my uh, fridge here. And I've pressure canned all sorts of food from chicken to you name it. We have all that. And that's just to have just in case there is a is a food shortage. So that's what we focus and mentioned. If V4F is open up for membership, uh, not right yet. The page will become available uh, probably in the next uh, within the month or so um, as we get that all sorted out. And for any sort of Canadian Armed Forces uh, or Allied Nation veterans, they'll be able to join. And we're getting a little bit more organized now. Um, and so that that's going to be coming. We'll put out something on our social media when we have membership uh, open again. That's it for me. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks, Drew. Thanks a lot. And like you said there, find common ground and then plant a garden there. Uh, that's what we need to do. Uh, and then, but then uh, you got the last word here. Best for last. Nice. Nice. Well, um, I'm so glad Rob called me and asked me what I was wearing. And so <laughs> we have matching outfits, just like girlfriends. So we do. <laughs> <laughs> like we're wearing the exact same merch <laughs> we're we float around the same circles but um yeah like i'm just uh i just absolutely love this panel i love these people dearly as friends and um you know what we're suggesting isn't glamorous and it doesn't involve like you know the military showing up and arresting trudeau and i still hold that that dream in my heart that we can arrest Trudeau, Tam, and Freeland. But in the meantime, and lots of meantime have has actually happened. <laughs> it's winning since <laughs> um, since since the convoy. There's been a lot of meantime, and 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 we probably have more meantime. We have to get our communities together. Yes, some people are going to be losing their houses. You need to know who your friends are. You need to know what basement you need to move into. Like you need to get going now we're, we're being blessed with a longer autumn than usual out here in the east and it's like capitalize on that because um, we have to prepare for the winter that's how our ancestors survived this hellish landscape is that they were planning ahead in a very unglamorous and and difficult way but that's how they created Canada to make Canada great. And so we kind of have to go back to grandma and grandpa's ways for a bit. Thank you very much, Bethan. I love that very much. And twinning. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> well, panel, thank you so much. Chris, go back and get some more video. Bethan, thanks for the wisdom. Drew, thanks for the intel. And Rob, thanks for the common sense. I appreciate it all very much. You guys are wonderful people. Uh, we'll meet again. And, uh, now, hopefully I'm, I'm talking to Chris Dacey and there's no videos to show because nothing else happened. Uh, but let's have ourselves a great day. Be safe out there. And maybe consider silence. Silence might help. The presence and the awareness is working. So let's keep that going. Thank you all very much for joining me this morning. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks.